This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything that you want. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. And we uh, we will invite you to our website as well. Head on over to freetalklive.com. You can get interactive in various different ways there. And unlike those other talk show hosts in the business, Free Talk Live, our website is free. So. Head on over and enjoy at freetalklive.com. There is a lot to talk about here. We've got actually some positive stuff, uh, Wayne. You want to tell us about, I guess, uh, some of the ways to increase productivity and enjoy your life more. That sounds really useful, and I I hope that we get a chance to to get to that coming up here tonight. But I wanted to lead the show out tonight with an update on someone who I I consider a friend of the show. He's certainly a hero of mine, uh, Julian Heiklin. And if you've been listening for a while, you know who Julian is. If you haven't then you don't know him. He's a 79-year-old retired chemistry professor. And he is one of the most courageous activists that I think I've ever met. Uh, Julian Heiklin travels from courthouse to courthouse all across the country, usually focusing on the federal courthouses, but not always. Uh, And he stands out front of those uh, courthouses at whatever time he determines is appropriate and hands out Fully Informed Jury Association flyers. Now, the Fully Informed Jury Association is a group that is dedicated to getting the word out to the public about the idea of jury nullification, which is, in essence, what? A thousand-year right of uh, juries to essentially judge the law or decide that uh, the law doesn't apply in a certain case case. Uh, For instance, it was used in the times of uh, Prohibition um, and, you know, uh, runaway slave, uh, you know, situations where they would not, uh, you know, juries wouldn't convict somebody for housing a runaway slave. Sadly, it has a uh, it has a spotty history of doing some, uh, you know, some yucky things during uh, the time of Jim Crow. But, you know, there's uh, essentially it is the right of a jury to choose not to apply a law to a particular defendant. Well, yeah, that's what the Fully Informed Jury Association has been telling people for years. And uh, Julian Heiklin has been doing this and has managed to get himself arrested because they don't like it when you tell jurors this. Or even potential jurors. In fact, just random people on the street. (laughs) One of my critiques of Heiklin has always been that he never actually targets the jurors themselves. He kind of takes the safe road, or at least what seems to be at a glance, the safer road, and just just gives them to anybody who's walking by. Well, it's convenient for him because in different places, juries are convened at different times. You can't right. necessarily target. I mean, it's it's a lot of planning to go from courthouse to courthouse on the day that they give out the uh, that the juries are there. And you right, know. so he just shows up and hands out flyers to whoever's walking by out right. front. And the very fact that the authorities hate the idea that he's just handing this information out to random people. I mean, it just shows that they have really no respect for uh, common law, essentially. Well, somebody of his age, you know, he, he identifies this as a really important issue for someone with his experience. And if you think about it, it really is because the court systems and the jury system uh, could be changed in the people's favor. That's the last bastion of, of hope for freedom, because even if the court, the judges are bought off, even if the whole system is bought and paid for by the wrong people, the jury is the last, uh, is really where the buck stops. Well, they've said it's the uh, fourth check and balance on the government, the original idea being that there were these three branches of government, but the jury 
isn't a part of any of those branches. They're individuals who hold within their hands the power. Just the individual juror has the power to completely hang a jury. If you don't have a unanimous decision of guilty or not guilty, then it's a hung jury. Now, of course, that usually That's means incredible. the prosecutor can bring uh, can bring the case again. But if they're they keep getting hung juries, then they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, they're going to stop. They're going to realize, okay, well. The community doesn't really agree with this law, and it, it essentially gives the community, an individual in the community, the chance to stop bad laws. And so this is a big threat to the system. It's a big threat to the status quo. The status quo being when you're on a jury, you're told by the people in the court that you have to return a unanimous verdict, that you, you can't follow your conscience. Judge, that you, the, judge the defendant by the law. Right. You have to follow these asinine laws. So even if the defendant is p- completely peaceful and hasn't harmed anyone else. And the law is stupid as And the heck. law is outrageous. You have to enforce it is what they're told. And it's a lie. So here's the latest on what's happening with Julian Heichlin. The article is actually from the New York Times because he got himself arrested in Manhattan at the United States Courthouse for holding a jury info sign and handing out brochures that advocate jury nullification. Then last year, federal prosecutors had Heichlin indicted, charging that his activity violated the law against jury tampering. Now then. Uh, lawyers assisting him have sought dismissal of the case on First Amendment grounds, but prosecutors are offering their first detailed explanation for why they charged Heichlin, arguing that in, brie- in a brief that uh, his, quote, advocacy of jury nullification directed as it is to jurors would be both criminal and without constitutional protections, no matter where it occurred. Mm. Because the Constitution doesn't protect unpopular speech right it doesn't protect the speech that the government doesn't want you to say his speech is not protected by the first amendment prosecutors wrote they added <laughs> okay so the first amendment says freedom of speech but this one isn't but this speech isn't protected yeah that's right it's not speech that's their argument now this is going to go in front of a judge Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. Yeah, well, I don't know if they're going to say they made a law. They didn't make a law. They're just charging with jury tampering. (laughs) It's one of those advanced theories he learned in law school. No legal system could long survive, they added, if it gave every individual the option of disregarding with impunity any law which, by his personal standard, was judged morally untenable. Let's think about this for a minute, because I don't think any jury is going to um, find someone not guilty or find a law unjust that some, you know, don't rape, don't murder, don't steal. Those things, I think, are pretty clear cut. It's all these other stupid laws out in the periphery that these power hungry people pass to control the the, the public that we're, we're talking about here. So that's where these people are completely off base, because if you think about natural law, I don't think uh, any, anybody uh, who did something that violated natural law is going to be found not guilty under these situations. I'd also say that these guys might have uh, really stepped in it. and The prosecutors? The, the prosecutors, because the fact is jury tampering, or excuse me, jury nullification is a reality in American law. I mean, people, uh, scholars on this will tell you, yes, it's true, jur- juries have the right to nullify. Um, I, you know, mm-hmm. now there certainly has come in the last few decades the uh, the lawyers and their, uh, their, their betters and the black uh, robes there, um, those fellas... Uh, 
and gals have decided that jury nullification is bad, but there's no law against it. Nothing's been written. Nothing's been nothing's changed a thousand year right of juries. But if the judge decides that uh, this is jury tampering, then that essentially is making law, right? I mean, they can they can change how the system works without having to pass a law. They can, appe- they can appeal to a higher court. Well, Heikland can appeal to a higher court, and, mm-hmm. and it still remains to be seen what's going to happen here. It is uh, going to be heard by Judge Kimba Wood of the Federal District Court. She'll consider the defense request to dismiss the case, so she hasn't dismissed the case. Uh, she has scheduled oral arguments for the issue next month. But just to focus in once again on what these pro- prosecutors are saying and how crazy it is, like if, if, they, if they succeed at this— Listen to what they say here. Advocation of jury nullification or advocacy of jury nullification directed as it is to jurors would be both criminal and without constitutional protections no matter where it occurs. It doesn't matter if you're in front of the courthouse or if you're out in front of the city hall or if you're at a park or whatever. As and then they do the, they do have the qualifier here of directed as it is to jurors. Mm. I mean, he may not have even handed anything to a jury member on that day in question. There may not have no even evidence. been a jury that was impaneled. That's right. And isn't intent also part of this too? When your intent to violate a law, so he he never intended to hand one of those those pamphlets to a jury a juror. He just was handing right. it out to people. He'll, on the he'd hand them hand them to anybody, and. The de- the times when we do them here in New Hampshire, we're handing them on the de- we're handing them out on the morning when jurors are coming into the court. So the idea is they're likely going to reach jurors, but they haven't been selected as jurors yet on that particular day. Mm-hmm. So they're going to jury selection at that point. Eight five five four fifty three is the number here. More from the New York Times about what's going on with Julian Heikland. He's facing a felony jury tampering charges for handing out flyers in front of a courthouse. It's Free Talk Live. Eight five five four fifty. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there. We've got archives, lots of them. You just head on over to freetalklive.com. Click and download as many as you want, going all the way back to late 2006. It's all free at freetalklive.com. If you're unable to own a firearm due to local laws or other reasons, an air gun might be a great substitute. There are lots of other reasons why you might want to own an air gun. Training a child in firearms use, varmint control, maybe a little cheap, quiet indoor target practice during those long winter months. I recently got a 50 caliber air rifle that can uh, bring down a deer from PyramidAir.com. They're the world's largest online air gun retailer in business since 1993 with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Their experts can help you find the best air gun for your needs right over the phone. They did it with me. You can get 10% off or free shipping, whichever is more, with coupon code FTL11 
Uh, go now and, and view the amazing dragon claw. That's the one I got at airgun.freetalklive.com. Once you get to the site, take a, take a look around. Uh, they've got some really great deals for Cyber Monday and uh, you know, just a, a, like some stunning deals. Uh, a bunch of uh, free ammunition, free accessories. If you uh, purchase things, it's airgun.freetalklive.com. That's airgun.freetalklive.com. All right. So once again, the toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. We're updating you on the case of Julian Heiklin. 79-year-old man who is heroically or has heroically gone around the country in front of courthouses in a lot of places, handed out fully informed jury association info, informing people of their right to nullify bad laws as jurors. So when you're a juror, you get to say not guilty or guilty based on your feelings about the law, not just whether or not it was broken. So, for instance, if I were sitting on a jury and the man in question or woman in question that was uh, the defendant had been busted for a you know, possession of marijuana, I would say not guilty, even if it was, you know, cr- crystal clear that they had possessed the marijuana, even if they had been caught with it red handed. Uh, I would still say not guilty because it'd be my right as a as a human being with a conscience to let somebody go from a, a tyrannical system. And so he's been informing people of this right of jury nullification. This, as you said, Mark, a thousand year old right. This has mm-hmm. been enshrined in, you know, legal doctrine, what, since the Magna Carta or something the, like they're, that? Thereabouts. I mean, actually, uh, executive power has uh, been separate from the judicial, but. And there were many, many unjust laws. Oh, yeah. And so the idea was a jury should be able to check those bad laws. And, but of course, the government disagrees with that idea. And so they've been doing everything they can over the last hundred or so years to prevent people from learning about jury nullification. Now, fortunately, we're here in New Hampshire where court courtrooms have been relatively accepting toward allowing defendants to, to describe jury nullification to a jury and to present it. But in most places, if you bring up these ideas in court, as I understand it, you'll be possibly held in contempt or they'll call a mistrial and they'll start all over again. They they don't like these ideas getting out, and so and this these ideas were you know used as recently as the the 30s during prohibition. I mean, this is not some kind of old obscure thing that we're talking sure. about here. During the time of I think it was King John, uh, King James, uh, the one that the, the Bible there, um, King John was the Magna Carta. Uh, during the time of King James, he actually was trying to send, hand down some tyrannical laws, and the common law courts that were separate from the king at the time wouldn't you know, the juries wouldn't convict and. And he was having some difficult times. That's why he set up these things called star chambers. Mm. And he set up essentially his own separate court system that would hold people in contempt of, you know, or whatever for, for what uh, for doing things that he didn't like. So this is this was the way that the executive was controlled for a very long time. But now the lawyers who are all in the executive uh, legislative and what uh, Obama's a constitutional lawyer, the executive, uh, the judicial, they've taken over and they've decided this is just really inconvenient because the little people are getting involved in our business right Mm -hmm. they want to get convictions so they can fill up prisons with warm bodies who most of them have never harmed another human being so the system the prosecutors in this case are going after uh, julian for jury tampering and they're saying that no system low legal system could long survive if it gave every individual the option of disregarding with impunity any law by which his personal standard was judged morally untenable (laughs) <laughs> this is preposterous. We can't have this. This is terrible for our system. 
The filing of the unusual case uh, is uh, coming as the oral arguments are scheduled to be heard next month. Christopher Dunn, associate legal director for the NYCLU, said the government is dangerously wrong in claiming it can criminalize sidewalk advocacy supporting jury nullification. Other than the extremely limited situations in which someone seeks to influence a known juror in a case... Jury nullification advocacy is squarely protected by the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. And I'd go so far as to say it's protected even with known jurors in a given case because you're not trying to tell them how to vote. In a case, you're not supposed to tell a juror, you better vote this way or else or, you know, you need to vote this way. You, You can't try to persuade them with information or anything like that about a specific case. But talking about jury nullification has nothing to do with a, with a, with a given case. Mm-hmm. It, you're just telling the juror what their rights are. You're just informing them, hence the name Fully Informed Jury Association, you're informing them of their right to nullify a bad law in court. That's all. Heiklin, who taught at Pennsylvania State University and now lives in New Jersey, says he doesn't try to influence specific jurors or cases, and he merely distributes brochures to passers-by with the hope that jurors are among them. Reached by phone on Friday, Heiklin said, since when is telling the truth a crime? He was preparing his own response to the government brief at the time. In an earlier interview, he had explained that his nullification activism began in the 1990s after his retirement from Penn State when he openly smoked marijuana in State College, uh, Pennsylvania, to get arrested as a protest against marijuana laws. I mean, this guy has a history of being civilly disobedient and non-cooperative. In fact, when he gets arrested, most of the time he goes limp. So then you got the police trying to manhandle a 79-year-old man into whatever arresting positions they need to uh, to manhandle him into. And that just doesn't ever look good for the cops as far as I'm concerned. Whenever the cops are going after yeah. octogenarians. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the guy's incredibly Nearly. brave. He keeps getting himself arrested. He's been arrested, I believe he told me, over 30 times in the last couple decades for doing his activism. Just so I mean, the, Glad the, he hasn't been hurt. Me, me too. Badly. And the level of uh, of activism this guy does is just incredible. If we had if we had more senior activists that were like this rather than ones that just call up their congressman and bitch, uh, then we'd have an incredible uh, civil disobedience movement. One that would be unassailable. Of, I don't think a lot of people that age can physically do it anymore, especially the getting arrested part. You get slammed to the concrete when you're that old. Bones break a lot easier. Well, this is one of the reasons I think he goes limp, so that he doesn't have them slamming him to the ground. Well, no, I mean, if, no, no, first. no. If, if you go limp, you're usually increasing your chances of of getting hurt by some rogue cop. Whereas if you're cooperative, you usually can get put in the police car and taken out, and everything's everything's okay. And obviously, Wayne, there's always a risk of encountering some dangerous thug cop that's going to hurt someone. But on the other hand, if you're 79. And you're at an event and the cops want to arrest you and you're surrounded by people with video cameras. I highly doubt the police are going to go off half cocked in that particular incident. Also, um, older people's skin tends to tear more easily and they also they're much more likely to bleed. And that's not going to make uh, anybody look good. Um, cops don't like it getting I don't think they like getting blood on. Them probably not. Uh, 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. You can take control of the airwaves. The federal court's looking to crack down on jury nullification. What if Heiklin is found guilty? What will that mean for the future of jury activism in this country? Is it going to scare you away? 1-855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. Toll free number 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Give you the features there totally free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. And if you have a mobile phone, smartphone, head on over to our mobile site for quick access to our live streams and the podcast. Go to m.freetalklive.com, m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. If you've ever been the victim of an injustice or had an opportunity to um, you know, bring something to court or fight something in court, but you decided that you weren't going to do it, you're going to just settle or uh, forget about the situation all because lawyers are just too expensive, Jurisdictionary.com is a course for you. It's a course for people who don't have attorneys or for people who do have attorneys need to keep an eye on them, make sure they're doing the right thing. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four-CD course is so easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. Visit Jurisdictionary.com and download the free tools they have there for you, the free legal flowchart, the free weekly tips and tactics newsletters, use the free legal dictionary, watch the free videos, and, of course, buy the course. Jurisdictionary.com. Remember to use the pull-down menu when you check out. Let them know. You heard it from uh, Free Talk Live. It's Jurisdictionary.com. I've got mine sitting on my desk right now getting ready to uh, review it for a case I have coming up. Oh, what what case? I've got that uh, parking ticket. Parking ticket. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know that uh, Nemi, who's normally with us on Wednesday nights, and uh, Wayne is kind enough to sit in this evening. She couldn't make it. She got a parking ticket recently, as did Derek J., who's on Tuesday nights. So uh, we've got a triple threat here with uh, three Free Talk Live uh, They're going to come after me on this one, though, because I posted a free keen saying that uh, you know you don't have to pay parking tickets. Oh, you think so? I'm sure they will. Okay. Yeah, I, I almost we'll got one today. Really? I was parked downtown, and, and I was actually in my car on the phone, so I hadn't got, uh, gotten out of the car yet to put money in the meter. Mm-hmm. And the meter maid lady came and looked at me, and she says, she points with this, this uh, bureaucrat, nasty <laughs> bureaucrat face to put money in the meter right away, slave. Yeah, okay, okay. No, I just kind of took my time. She's always so nice to me. Ever since I had uh, the parking ticket trial that I had with her where I got to cross-examine her, she has been just so nice to me ever since then. And she usually has this nasty kind of, like prior to that, she always had this kind of nasty attitude or whatever. And like she completely changed her demeanor after going through a trial with me. It was very strange. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So back to uh, the other issue at hand here, and that is Julian Heiklin. He is facing felony charges, uh, federal jury tampering charges, as I understand it. It's going to a federal court uh, where the court's judge will be hearing, I guess, having a hearing on the defense request to dismiss the case. The defense basically saying this is this is nonsense. I mean, the the idea that this man is somehow guilty of jury tampering for handing out information, informing jurors of their right to nullify uh, the 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 bad laws by being a juror, you have the right to say not guilty based on what you think about the law, not whether or not it was broken, but what you think about it. If you think it's a bad law, find them not guilty, and turn that person free. And of course, the system finds that a very threatening message. Now, to continue here from the New York Times, uh, Heiklin says that he doesn't favor nullifying laws against, say, murder, but that he does believe in nullifying laws on drugs and gambling, for instance. He has also acknowledged that his advocacy on a plaza outside the courthouse at 500 Pearl Street was part of a larger effort that has taken him to dozens of courthouses in places like Philly and Boston and Orlando, where, by the way, he's also facing jury tampering charges in Orlando for doing the same thing there. These are uh, Florida charges, not federal charges. 
lawyers. So he's facing federal charges in Manhattan, Manhattan, and, and then local state charges in, in Florida. Orlando. Lawyers assisting him uh, wrote in a motion to dismiss that the prosecutors were seeking to imprison a man for disseminating a lawful message about a subject in which he has an honest and deeply held belief. The lawyer said the prosecution of Heikland would only draw attention to the nullification issue. I hope that's the case. And would surely convert more to the cause than poor Mr. Heikland ever could on his own. But a prosecutor wrote in the government brief that Mr. Heikland's courthouse appearances, his jury info signs, his writings and statements made to an undercover agent posing as a passerby showed his intent to target prospective jurors in particular. Hmm. She quoted Heikland telling the agent in a secretly recorded conversation, quote, I'm not telling you to find anybody not guilty, but if there's a law you think is wrong, then you should do that. The brief filed last month also cited one of Heikland's pamphlets, which says jurors may vote to acquit if they believe government. the government was just trying to flex its muscle by making an example out of the defendant. The brochure also strongly suggests that jurors lie to judges in order to, being, uh, to avoid being excused from a panel, according to the prosecutor. She noted that historically, jury nullification had at times produced results like acquittals by northern juries and prosecutions under the fugitive slave laws, but more frequently nullification was used to frustrate justice, she said, citing hung juries in the 1964 trials of Byron de la Beckwith in Mississippi for the murder of the civil rights leader Medgar Evers in the previous year. And, you know, this is the, this is a true statement. I mean, jury uh, jury nullification has had some, uh, some, you know, it has a spotty history. There's no doubt about it. But her to say the majority is, uh, I mean, really? She's looked at all the instances of jury nullification throughout the 300-year, uh, 200-year? No, she found year? a convenient one that happens to make it look bad. That's right. right. What she about the O.J. One. trial? <laughs> she talked about fugitive slave, slave uh, situations, which were multiple up north, and then she mentions Medgar Evers. One. Mm-hmm. She uses one example to refute multiple examples. Mm-hmm. Does the prosecutor argued that Heikland could advocate jury nullification only in a public forum and not to jurors? The courthouse plaza, she says, surrounded by concrete bollard security booths and 24-hour surveillance, was not like a public park or thoroughfare. Mm. See, says who? Well, they get to decide apparently whether or not their own federal property is or is not a public place, even though all of us are forced to pay for it. Heikland could face a six-month sentence if convicted, has asked for a jury trial. Yay! I sure hope that people come out to support Julian Heikland in Manhattan. And pass out jury nullification information. And exactly (laughs) right. And step right up to the plate and help this man in the one way that he can be best helped. And that is, I mean, it's great that he's got lawyers. I'm I'm glad that, you know, he's lawyered up and is going to be able to handle this situation with as much, you know, ability as possible. But to... Really send a message that this isn't going away. There need to be people in the Manhattan area who will come out and support him. And I hope that there are enough liberty-minded people out there. I mean, it's New York City. There must be half a dozen folks that would be willing to come out and take a little bit of a risk to support this incredibly brave activist. I know that in uh, Concord, when Heikland came out, we had about 40 people outside of the federal courthouse here. The go- the guards didn't even come talk to us on that day. <laughs> yeah, they didn't want to. They didn't want to even touch it. Yeah, it's not worth the trouble. So, Heiklin, uh, <laughs> let's see. You can't reason with uh, iconoclasts and uh, you know people that have a uh, idealistic standpoint. So, Mermelstein, the prosecutor, opposed the demand of Heiklin for a jury trial. And of course, he's facing a felony. I would hope he'd be able to get a jury on a felony charge. Uh, opposed that demand, citing as one reason Mr. Heiklin's, unless it's a misdemeanor, I think it's a felony. Usually jury tampering is a felony. 
It's certainly a felony in Florida. Anyway, she cited as one reason Heiklin's ardent stance that juries should nullify. She says that he would probably urge a jury to do so in a case against him. So therefore, he shouldn't have a jury because he's going to tell them about jury nullification. And of course, as a jury in, in a case about jury nullification, jury nullification will have to be explained. It was uh, <laughs> brought beautiful. Up, right. It, will brought, it was brought up recently uh, by Brad Jardis, one of the uh, former, former cop, former law enforcement against prohibition member. He's talking about how people should carry jury nullification information on their body anytime they're doing like civil disobedience or something like that. That way, it's entered into evidence in the case, and you can bring that evidence oh, in front of of the jury but in the case of you know julian heichlin that's that's exactly what he'll be able to do mm-hmm. so we'll keep you in the loop as this continues to develop uh again you know this is going to federal court he's also dealing with a similar charge in florida he's a hero man this guy is uh is incredibly brave and yeah i hope it's inspirational i hope it goes well i mean you know it's it, it it's frightening in florida they put a another activist in for six months for doing essentially the same thing handing out jury now, I believe they bailed him out. I don't. I'm not sure what the status of that gentleman's uh, case is. He was is. convicted, though, wasn't he? He was, as was jury, uh, as was Julian Heiklin. Uh, he was convicted in Florida as well. Again, in a bench trial in front of a man in a robe. I see. And uh, so they they did manage to get both of those gents out. And I imagine that means they're going to be appealing in Florida. So we'll keep you clued in here. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the toll free number for you. One eight five five four five zero. 3733, that's not all the uh, the bad news, but then we'll get to something uh, that is productive, how to increase productivity and enjoy your life more. That's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Carnation Breakfast Essentials, helping your family get off to a nutritious start every day. Mornings can be chaotic, but a little advanced work will take the pressure off. The night before, organize backpacks and put them at the door, along with anything else that your kids need for the day. Set a timer for five minutes before departure to give everyone a chance to mobilize, and off you go. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Talk live, bring up anything you want, and dial in toll free eight five five four fifty free. That's one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can join us on online at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features there free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, you can do that by becoming an amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send us three bucks a month with major credit cards or PayPal, and there's some alternative options as well. And we'll take that money in and invest it into the show, getting on more uh, radio stations as well as bringing more Internet listeners on board as well. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up there. You get access to perks like the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. Once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. You know, cigarettes, not real good for you. A lot of people would claim they're going to kill you, as a matter of fact. You've been probably thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try if you do smoke cigarettes. It's a healthier option, 22,000 times healthier. And, um, well, the average smoker can save about $120 a month just by switching. So you immediately you'll start having more money, feeling better, smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit, one of the best uh, made e-cigarettes on the market today, given to you for free, free shipping 
from Vaporsmiths.com. All you have to do is go over there, buy 40 cartomizers. Those are the little things that go on the e-cigarette that, uh, that provide the nicotine. You buy the 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. They'll give you free shipping and a free starter kit, including the e-cigarette. All you have to do is go to Vaporsmiths.com or call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. It's Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. Now, there's other news that I think is pretty big. And even though it hasn't actually occurred yet, I, I, tend, to, I tend to not like reporting on legislation that hasn't passed, because if it doesn't pass, then it's nothing. But I think that some of it's important to mention because it really shows the mindset of some of these politicians. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. Is, I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that they put in some of this crap that they put in um, shows just how dangerous and how little regard they have for the oath of office. And I'm actually surprised that the White House is claiming to – you know, they're threatening to veto this. I don't know if that's just political posturing and they'll end up going ahead and approving it or how this will end up panning out. I'm not going to predict the future, but it's a scary future. If this goes through, it already is a pretty scary future with some of the terrible things they're doing in D.C. and have been doing for the last you know, few decades. And it all just builds upon itself. You know, they, they do one terror, you know, terrible thing and, and then another one is built upon it. The story is out of the Huffington Post, uh, HuffingtonPost.com. The Senate voted today, excuse me, yesterday, to keep a controversial provision to let the military detain terrorism suspects on U.S. soil and hold them indefinitely without trial. Yeah, it's disturbing. That's great news because that's what freedom's all about. That's what a, a country with uh, you know due process and a, a so, so-called justice system is all about. Is let's just hold people forever without trial, just like in Guantanamo Bay. And the battlefield is actually right outside your window. Yep. And they're saying that it was carefully crafted to purposely mislead the public by John McCain and, and a Democratic senator. So this it's is bipartisan. A, this is bipartisan tyranny. Yeah, that's the way they do it. That's that's the way the, the the best tyranny gets through is but, when both sides support it. But you know this all. But this shows that the the people in power, the establishment, is very scared, and they know that right now we're at the precipice of a, a an economic collapse in the Western uh, financial system mm-hmm. and possibly a big war because World War Three is 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 we're on the brink of a possible World War Three. So they also want to be able to uh, crush dissent for that. And 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 also they're just losing the consent of the public. Period. And I think they're they, they're trying to scare the public into shutting up. You know, it's um, I, I I'm just waiting for the call to call in and say this is the best system in the world. We're the freest country on earth. I mean, we hear we've heard it here on the air. I'm just wondering yeah. where is it. One eight five five four fifty free. If you think this is just a super idea and that the Fed should be able to easily. Uh, put anybody they want behind bars. Sounds like martial law without declaring martial law. Well, indeed, and uh, they are essentially going to be modifying certain things like uh, allowing the military to uh, be active here on the U.S. soil, getting rid of the idea of posse comitatus, etc. The measure uh, was opposed by civil libertarians on the left and right, but 16 Democrats and an independent joined with Republicans to defeat an amendment that would have killed the provision, voting it down, uh, 61 against and 37 for it. Rand Paul, who's the son of Ron Paul, says, I'm very, very concerned about having U.S. citizens sent to Guantanamo Bay for indefinite detention. Uh, Paul's top complaint is that a terrorism suspect would get just one hearing where the military could assert that the person is a suspected terrorist, and then they could be locked up for life. But how do they define terrorist? That's the other problem. However they please. Right. How did they define terrorist when they dropped it on, uh, what, Al Wiki or, uh, you know, sent a, sent a drone after him and killed his, uh, what, son, um, who 
is an American citizen by all rights, innocent kid, uh, no, no charges against him, just killed. Well, we know that, and several other people out in uh, uh, you know some cafe in Yemen. Well, we know that uh, regarding the definition of terrorism, that some of the the information we've seen over time has shown that it's, it can be really twisted into all kinds of things. So, for instance, if you give money to some Islamic organization that someone in that organization is connected to a terrorist uh, group, then you know, then you you by proxy could be considered a terrorist sympathizer or something like that, even if you had no idea about the connections of the people behind the group, for instance. Or if you were photographed at an Occupy event and, and all of a sudden they deem these people terrorists. Right. It, it could be anything. That's how, that's how crazy this gets. Right, right. There's no actual... I, I think the definition of terrorist is pretty nebulous, right? I mean, it's it's something that's floating. It's something where they can just decide. And if they decide that you're one of them and decide they get to put you in a cage for the rest of your life without any kind of a semblance of a trial, then not that the trial would be anything more than a joke anyway, but, you know, at least it's something. And now they're just trying to take all that away. Uh, according to the piece here, it's not enough to just be alleged to be a terrorist, said Paul. Echoing the views of the American Civil Liberties Union, he says that's what part of due process is, deciding are you a terrorist. I think it's important that we not allow U.S. citizens to be taken. I think it's important we not allow anyone to be taken and put in a uh, cage and labeled a terrorist and not given any kind of a public uh, trial. Democrats, who are also concerned about the civil liberties, compared the military policing of Americans to the detention of Americans in internment camps during World War II. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of them, Diane Feinstein, said that Congress is essentially authorizing the indefinite detention or imprisonment of American citizens without charge and that we are not a nation that locks up its citizens without charge. But apparently, uh, you know, this is a country where they can assassinate them. I remember, there was news not too long ago about Obama being given the power or taking the power or whatever to just simply go ahead and kill you if you happen to be international. Like if you're an American citizen, supposedly living internationally, that they can just kill you if they suspect you of terrorism. Well, Isn't that right? That's yeah. right. But they've done that in this people of this country, too. They just don't advertise it well right but now it's out on front street now yeah. they're saying you know they're wearing it on their sleeve that okay we can do this and there's nothing you're going to do about it you're just going to keep voting and doing as we tell you you know when i used to live in california i used to drive by one of the former japanese internment camps from world war ii oh that's creepy and, and it was it was creepy driving by it it still had the fence up with the barbed wire and and it was creepy and it was fully maintained and everything empty but maintained and and uh every time i went by there i, I always got this chill up my spine Mm. The uh, backers of military detention of Americans, the measure crafted by Carl Levin of Michigan, a Democrat, came out swinging against, again, this is a bipartisan thing, mm -hmm. came out swinging against Udall's amendment on the floor early Tuesday saying, quote, this is from Lindsey Graham, a South Carolina Republican. Who the also enemy. loved the bill. He also loved this provision. Uh -huh. Lindsey Graham and, and, of course, McCain and yep. Levin were the ones who crafted this nonsense. He says this, the enemy is all over the world. Here at home, and when people take up arms against the United States and are captured within the United States, why should we not be able to use our military and intelligence community to question that person as to what they know about enemy activity? They already that do McCain? that. It's called the this FBI. The uh, FBI should... That's the FBI's job. It's not the CIA's job. It's not the military's job. They should not be read their Miranda rights. They should not be given a lawyer. They should be held humanely in military custody and interrogated. <laughs> About I'd Biden. like to point out the two thirds of uh, people that are, con are take a felony to trial get found guilty. Uh, I mean, you know, when you're talking about that small of a margin, one third, one third are found. You'd think if you took it all the way to trial that you probably have a pretty good chance of being innocent or believe you are. 
Otherwise, why wouldn't you take the plea deal when more than 99% of cases do not result in a jury trial? Then, uh, you know, uh, what is the idea that a Miranda right is somehow saving somebody here? But, you know, during the bailouts in 2008 around there when when Republicans were still in power and and Hank Paulson was going around telling people and, and senior members of Congress were telling members of Congress in closed sessions that if they didn't vote for this bailout of the banks that we were going to have martial law in America. And then, of course, they came out later on and said, oh, no, no, it's this procedural thing in Congress, martial law. No, it was martial law. Um, right now, we're at a similar point with the fi- world financial system, and they're scared. And they know, they've seen Occupy Wall Street, and, and they're scared. They know that, that this whole thing could blow at any time, and the people are really ticked off around the world. And that's what the real reason for this this provision is, in my opinion. Well, we're going to see what happens here because, again, it's made it through the Senate at this point, and uh, the White House claims that uh, you know they they're probably going to veto it. But the only reason they give is because it could cause confusion in counterterrorism operations. Not because they give a damn about rights. Yeah. More coming up. Eight five five four fifty free hour two's next. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we will give you the features there for free. Unlike those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their sites. Ours is free. Go see for yourself. Get interactive. You get to control the content by submitting show prep to the site. Others then vote as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion. Maybe you know you think it's relevant. Maybe you think it's funny. Maybe you think it's you know just something interesting. Whatever you post it up there it could be a YouTube video, blog post, news item, etc. You post the link. Others vote. You get to vote on things as well. The most voted up make it to the top in the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. So we started out with some of the uh, the nasty news about how they are threatening to put uh, 79-year-old Julian Heiklin in jail uh, for several months because of so-called jury tampering because he was giving him uh, jurors, potential jurors information that could actually result in cases being found not guilty. Uh, with you know people that had never harmed other people called jury called jury nullification, they went after. They're going after him. Uh, also, there's this provision, I guess, that the Senate voted for in this Defense Authorization Act, which usually these Defense Authorization Acts have all kinds of terrible things mm-hmm. in them. Uh, and so the you know they're in this case they're looking at uh, possibly detaining American people and keeping them in detention for indefinite periods of time. Sounds more like offense than defense to me. It sounds very offensive to me. As a matter of fact, I agree with that. So let's switch gears, get away from this negativity, and talk about how you can make your life better. Because Wayne, what you're going to share with us here includes, I guess, ways to increase your own productivity and enjoy your life more. Yeah, from washingtonsblog.com, the sprinter method of increasing productivity. Our most fundamental need as human beings is to spend and renew energy. Uh, This writer says, when I began to crash in the early afternoon following my red-eye flight, I took a 30-minute nap in the room we have set aside for that purpose at our office. 
The nap didn't give me. Not nearly, too many offices have nap napping rooms. room. Yeah. Well, 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 true, but this they did. This company does because they realize the importance of that. Well, it makes sense. You don't want somebody all out of it if they're trying to get some work done. You'd rather have them fresh-headed, and so if they can get that by sleeping for thirty minutes. How does sense. how does one how do they do it though? I mean, if you if I were to lay down and say I'm going to nap for thirty minutes, you set your alarm on your phone. That's what I would. You do would it. have to. Yeah. I would have to because yeah. I'm going to certainly um, sleep for two and a half hours. Yeah, and when I used to bartend, I'd have to be at work at either five or six, and I'd pretty much get up early in the morning and do things all day, and then. So I'd feel a little tired by, by that time thinking, oh, man, i got to go to work and work till 2 in the morning. So I would take a 30-minute or 20-minute nap, whatever. And, and so you don't want to be in your deep sleep yet. You just want to be in that lighter level of sleep. Mm-hmm. You don't want to when, – when you sleep for an hour or two, you're in that deeper level of sleep, and you don't feel well when you, when you wake up. So it's just that t- quick 20-minute power nap that recharges you for uh, many hours after. I've yeah. heard the same. Yeah. And, and, but he, I often feel that way. Of the, like by accident, I nap for a half of an hour. I get up and I feel really good. Mm. Yeah, you do. If it's a half hour, no more than a half hour, you'll feel good. And he says this. He says, the nap didn't give me nearly enough rest to fully catch up, but it powerfully revived me for the, for the next several hours, which is a great uh, the purpose of it. At the other end of the spectrum, exercise positively influences our cognitive functioning and our mood. The truth is that we ought to be exercising nearly every day, ideally for at least 45 minutes, including strength training at least twice a week. Some refute that 45-minute thing, but he's on the right track. The secret to optimal well-being and effectiveness is to make more rhythmic waves in your life. To build the highest level of fitness, for example, it's critical to challenge the heart at a high intensity for short periods of time and then to recover deeply. The bigger the amplitude of your wave, the higher your maximum heart rate and the more deeply you recover, the more flexibility you could, more flexibly you can uh, respond to varying demands, and the healthier you're likely you are. You are. Now, I was a personal trainer um, at one point, and this was not in vogue That's ten right. years ago. Yeah. But uh, my friend, who is a personal trainer and a phenomenal one, um, I've got to say, he's uh, actually had a couple of uh, you know very, very uh, relatively famous clients, and I guess that really doesn't make one good, but it. it it does add to one's resume. <laughs> and he is uh, th- he gave me a uh, a program recently that was exactly that. He said, you know, do this, you know, sprint for a minute, walk for a minute, sprint for a minute, walk for a minute. And essentially it was the same thing on the elliptical, 40 yards and 40 yards. I think it was the sprinting was for 40 yards, walk for 40 yards, sprint for 40 yards. And the elliptical was one minute on, one minute off, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, the same rhythmic movement uh, movement serves us well all day long, but instead we live mostly linear, sedentary lives. We go from email to email and meeting to meeting, almost never uh, getting much movement and rarely taking the time to recover mentally and emotionally. Even a little intentional recovery can go a long way. It's possible, for example, to clear the bloodstream of cortisol yep. just by breathing deeply in a count of three uh, uh, to a count of six for as little as a minute. Yeah, and, and, and like I understand the, I think it was cortisol. They said sort of piles up in the blood um, if you sit for too long. So if you're mm-hmm. sitting for two hours or three hours, I do that all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. just lying there um, in your you know vessels and that kind of thing, and you just have to get up and move around. It's and, just, and what is cortisol? I don't. I you know you. It's a hormone in the blood that that. Um uh, it's not good for you. It, it it's a stress hormone. This one is not a story I looked up. This is something I don't feel that I, stressed. Well. You're 29. Everything's working fine, right? Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. don't worry. Gotcha. <laughs> Your sedentary <laughs> lifestyle will fit. Will will catch up to you. Your health is fine right now. You, you 
<laughs> Wayne and I are beyond the sort of natural lifespan of 35 years that the yeah. human animal had in the wild. Mm-hmm. You know, so once you get beyond that point, yeah, things are not working as well as they used to. Gotcha. And you have to keep them, you know, jump started. Yeah, I remember going to the. I had a, a client who was a chiropractor in Sarasota, Florida, mm-hmm. and this was in the early aughts. So I was, you know, thirty less, a little less than thirty-five, um, and they, you know, he would he wanted to work on me so that I could say things about it. So he'd give me these free adjustments and stuff. Yeah. And so he'd ask me on a scale of one to ten, how does your back feel today? And you know, I'd always have. Oh, you know, it hurts, I guess, a one or a two. Um, I, I remember writing this down because I had to, you know, fill out these little pieces of paper. Mine constantly hurts now, and it's only mm. a few years later. Now, was there a car accident inter- intervening? There, in there was, as well? yep. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help, but yeah, I see it's, where you're It certainly from. doesn't help. I, I blame it all on the car accident, mm. but, you know, the lawyers, uh, the, you know, the lawyers for the uh, uh, insurance company didn't want to hear anything about that crap. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, this article goes on to say that paradoxically, the most effective way to operate at work is like a sprinter. Working with single-minded focus for periods of no longer than 90 minutes and then taking a break. That way, when you're working, you're really working. And when you're recovering, you're truly refueling the tank. Making rhythmic waves is the secret to getting more done in less time at a higher level of engagement with a better and more sustainable quality of life. What I want to know, Wayne, is how often should I check my Facebook account? (laughs) (laughs) And and is that considered work? Is that part of the rhythm? Is that that work or is that recovery? Well, checking the face... I've got radishes in Farmville. I've got to tend to, you know. That's right. That sounds like work. feeling (laughs) Feeling the need to have to check your Facebook is stressful. That's stressful, right. And so... So maybe you need to check it less. Mm. That's a big challenge for <laughs> maybe, me. Maybe uh, I need to just uh, if if I were if I were really playing Farmville, maybe I need to get rid of it. I actually play a different game that. Uh, but it's, you're joke, as addicted though. Yeah, the jokes the for is. Farmville are funnier though. What's what's the game that you play? <laughs> I Castle play Castle Age? Age. Yeah, yeah. What do you do in that game? Click things. I mean, there is no point to it at all. I mean, ultimately, you are clicking in every game, whether you're clicking buttons on a gamepad or buttons no on a aim, mouse. There's no animation. It's just click. It, it's click and wait. Is and you're what in the, every day, right? You're playing oh every day. Oh, my God, all day. <laughs> oh, God. All day. How do you get anything done? I'm, I'm amazed sometimes I can get anything done. Well, I, get, <laughs> I get more done than you. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you look at a lot of job descriptions the companies put out, and a lot of times, many times they say, well, you have to have this ability to multitask. As if doing like ten things at once is, is a good thing. is a good thing. When it's that's not always the best way to work. I, in fact, I I tend to prefer to just do one thing and finish it completely and fo- put all my focus on it and then move on to the next thing. You know, in priority. What multitask means is whenever we feel like throwing some new crap at you, um, we Drop will what do you're it. Doing. And you may not uh, talk back. That's right. Yeah, I, that that is a problem for me too because I'll find myself in the middle of doing something and then come across something else that needs to be done, and then I'll have that issue of having to stop whatever it was I was doing and start the other thing and never get it done, and then remember to come back to the other thing mm-hmm. afterwards, yeah. which yeah. is really all your computer's doing when it's multitasking anyway, or at least that's the way it used to be. Now they've got multiple cores, so mm-hmm. I guess they really do have real multitasking these days. They do. Eight five five four fifty free one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Plenty of time for you and your thoughts. More uh, advice coming up here, Wayne, about how you can increase your productivity and uh, enjoy your life more. More coming up here, 855-450-FREE, especially if you've got tips that you want to share what's worked for you in your life. This is Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. 
Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. We call the show Free Talk Live because you are free to call in and talk about, well, anything. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that uh, handles accounts receivable. They can do it for your business. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a big supporter of Liberty, big supporter of Free Talk Live, has been for a very long time. Go check out their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. Has been for a very long time. It's SACL CAI. Their banner is at freetalklive.com. All right. So uh, once again, freetalklive.com. Go there. Enjoy the features. We're going to go to your phone calls and then come back to Wayne's story about how you can increase productivity and enjoy your life more. First, we go to Jonathan listening in North Dakota. Jonathan, are you in Fargo? Jonathan in North Dakota. Sounds like a pocket, pocket dial almost. Jonathan, are you there? Jonathan, going. Are once. you trudging? Sounds like he's trudging through the tundra. I've heard it is snowing out uh, somewhere in the Midwest or something like that. We just got the snow off the ground here. Jonathan, going once. Jonathan, going twice. Tell you what, I'll put him on hold. Maybe he had to deliver a pizza or something like that. Sometimes we get the pizza dudes calling into the show, and then you know they pull up at their house and they got to do some business. So we'll check back with him here in a moment. Meantime, Wayne, uh, let's get back into this piece from was it Washington? Washington's blog dot com. Uh, how to increase productivity and enjoy life more. Now there right. was a, there was a renowned 1993 study of, of young violinists. Uh, performance researcher uh, Anders Ericsson found that the best ones all practice the same way: in the morning, in three increments of no more than 90 minutes each, with a break between each one. Ericsson found the same pattern among other musicians, athletes, chess players, and writers. For the first se- several books this author wrote. He typically sat at his desk for 10 to 12 hours at a time and never finished a book in less than a year. For his new book, called The Way uh, We're Working Isn't Working, he wrote without interruptions for three 90-minute periods and took break, a break in between. He had breakfast after the first session, went for a run after the second, and had lunch after the third. He wrote no more than four and a half hours a day and finished the book in less than six months. By limiting each writing cycle to 90 minutes and building in periods of renewal, he was able to fork, uh, focus far more intensity and get more done in far less time. I wonder if you also... Um, it's in, fantastic. I think that's in, interesting, but I wonder if also you feel like you know, you've got to get something done now. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm sitting down for 90 minutes versus having a whole day to do whatever it is I'm doing, am I going to lay off the radishes uh, in Farmville for a little while and focus on what I'm supposed to be doing. I've got 90 minutes. That's Mm -hmm. it. 90 minutes. Let's get those telephone calls made and get this uh, knocked out. It's really interesting. But you're also physically and mentally rested because I find sometimes if I go, if I work, if I'm working out or going for a walk or whatever that I'm thinking about, my mind is still working on that, but it's not, I don't have to get it down. So I I get a lot of ideas by actually taking a break. I don't feel like I'm, I don't work that hard, I guess. Um, You know, I mean, I make telephone calls. I pick up the phone, call an advertiser when I feel like it. Maybe I get 20 calls done in a day. Mm -hmm. I've certainly made more calls than that in my life. Maybe I, I don't know, maybe I get fewer than those. 
those in some days. I'm working on some, this thing, that thing. But at the same time, I'm responding to people's Facebook posts. I'm looking at, uh, you know, bl- uh, forums and things like that, reading news stories. So I'm switching up what I do all day long. I truly am multitasking at a, you know, uh, an ADHD level. I have to on say, the computer. I, I can relate. While I just yeah. sit there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. I, I don't know the last time I focused on one thing for for ninety minutes straight. And if it wasn't like a, an hour and a half long movie or something like that, <laughs> yeah, it's sad. We watched it's the movie sad. Yearly. I yeah. focused for ninety minutes on it. And it was a fine ninety minutes, as a matter of fact. There are a lot of computer tasks like checking email, looking at blogs, things like that, which lend themselves more to multitasking because you're not really focusing that intently you're kind of scanning Mm -hmm. more than you're actually doing something or or focusing on one thing whereas when you're working on solving a problem for example or programming or writing that's when you really want to have that one pointed focus and and so that's what i think you you want to distinguish but even so even the multitasking which i do some of too and i i never feel like i accomplished a lot when i'm when i'm in that mode i always feel like when i put that hour and a half aside to program and i just sit down and and just delve into it that I, I feel like I really accomplished something. So tell me more, Wayne. Is there more to this piece? Well, yes. Uh, it says, obviously, it's not possible for every employee to work in, in multiple uninterrupted 90-minute sprints given the range of demands they face. It is possible for you as a leader and manager to make a shift in the way you manage your energy uh, to better model this new way of working yourself, to make it a high priority to find at least uh, time, uh, one time a day, preferably in the morning, to focus single-mindedly on your most challenging and important task for 60 to 90 minutes. Encourage those who work for you to do the same. And, and I think that's real important because I, I, I don't know what I would do if I had to jump from one thing to the other all the time. And, and I travel and, I, and I'm, I solve problems for people. And so I go from one place to another and I like to finish ex- what I'm doing in one place before I go to the next. Oh, sure. You, why would you because want? I don't want to have to dr- go back or I don't want to have to do something remotely. So I, I, I'm, I've kind of been training myself over the years to do that. And it's a lot more satisfying to finish things. I solve your problems for you. Come to where you are, I'll solve your problems. I'm Wayne. No, I think that's great. And uh, I think that uh, one of the things that works for me, at least, like, obviously I do something right because I've done all right with my life. Are you saying uh, I'm in the mafia? Stumbled through. I don't know. It just sounded kind of, it sounded kind of suspicious the way you, you the way you're, you're a computer tech, at least as far as I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it's a, uh, it's a good cover. So one of the things that works for me is uh, I, you know, I write down my goals, the things that I want to accomplish, mm-hmm. uh, the things that are important for me. And I have had like a running tally. Usually I, I used to do like weekly goal sheets that I would write down every week. Um, since I've gotten out, of, <laughs> since I gotten out of jail, I just just kind of had a list, just like a to do list kind of thing, just kind of crossing them off as I get through them. But I remember hearing when I first learned about setting goals back when I was a, a, a I guess a teenager. The claim was, and I don't know who you know did the study or if there even was a study. The claim is that most people don't ever write down their their goals. They they never write down what they want to accomplish in their life, whether we're talking about short term or long term. You know, ten years down the road, what do I want, or what do I want at the end of the week or at the end of the month? Um, that most people just kind of they keep it in their head, and as a result of that, it kind of comes and goes as things tend to 
come and go in, in people's heads. And if you've actually got it written down in some sort of physical form, then it becomes more concrete for mm-hmm. you. Sure. What you yeah. want to accomplish becomes more real and it you can keep it in front of you and you can keep your eye on the task and you know, and then you know, put it down if you need to, take that break that, mm-hmm. that you feel like you might need to have and then come back to the goals when the time feels right. Well, goals are really important and even just visualizing what you want in general out of life. And because once you, you have the what taken care of, the house almost takes care of itself. That much is true. I so, think that, you know, they, yeah, that's true. Your, your mind's going to figure out how to take care of that problem. But when you write something down, you're actually involving more senses. You're seeing it. You know, you, there's a kinesthetic thing of writing it down, mm-hmm. writing down the goals and seeing it on paper. And then, and then you can kind of jump into it with your mind as if you're already there. And, and a lot of people who uh, specialize in goal setting say that you want to actually look at your goal and actually visualize yourself already achieving it. Mm. Have have it, and by doing that, your mind, your subconscious is already there. So there's no subconscious block to achieving that goal. Then reality just has to catch up. Yeah, right? and then you just your subconscious then figures out how to get you there. You're kind of working backwards in a yeah, way. You, exactly. You, you think about what you want, and then figure out how to get to the point of acquiring that or getting to that uh, accomplishing whatever you're looking for 855-453 is the toll-free number your thoughts certainly welcome on this topic although you can bring up anything you like it is free talk live but what sort of things have uh, made a difference in your life as far as increasing your productivity and your happiness all at once more coming up it's free talk live in every age a technology is created that upends the foundations of society the wheel the printing press the internet now in a world sliding into financial chaos a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world it is called bitcoin bitcoin is a new form of money controlled not by banks governments or corporations but through mutual commerce between free individuals to learn more visit weusecoins.com This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. We invite you on over to the website uh, at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system there. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. And that means that you get to post messages and respond to them. And it's now even better than ever before. At least, well, we changed it about a month and a half back. Uh, changed kind of the rules and the setup of the, the the BBS to now allow you, the individual, to control your threads. So if you post something on the forum, post a new thread, you get to decide if something is inappropriate that's responded. So somebody responds, say, say they post some picture that's gross or something like that. You can just delete it if you don't like it. So you have total control over who gets to respond to your threads on the Free Talk Live BBS, which should change the way people behave because they'll have to be a little more careful about what they say if they don't want to upset whoever owns the thread. So go on over to bbs.freetalklive.com, and I think you'll find it a somewhat different experience than in the past. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Destabilizing events are happening around the world all the time, whether it's unemployment Inflation, food shortages, natural disasters, just to name a few. Get prepared. Protect your family. You don't want to delay on this. For my preparation, I choose wisefoodstorage.com. Wisefoodstorage.com offers delicious, ready-made meals. All different types of them. Uh, Cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff are just a couple of examples. 
They're prepackaged in individual metal mylar pouches and carry a 25-year shelf life. You prepare them in just minutes by adding water. You can visit wisefoodstorage.com or call 855-FOODWISE. Use coupon code FTL to get a free entree sample. And for a limited time during the holidays, you can uh, get no-cost shipping and 10% off any order, also with the coupon code. It's wisefoodstorage.com, 855-FOODWISE. FTL for a free sample, free shipping, and 10% off any order. That's wisefoodstorage.com. All right, we're going to come back with more of how to increase your productivity and enjoy your life in a moment. Uh, but first, Jonathan, we're going to try him one more time listening in North Dakota. Jonathan, are you there oh, with us? I'm a, yes, I'm here very much so. Are you calling from Fargo? I am. It says here you're listening to WDAY. Is that true? Or is it KVOI, or did they drop you? No, WDAY is only supposed to have us on weekends, but, I mean, are you listening on yeah. the radio tonight? No, 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 I normally listen to them. Oh, I see, but okay. they won't carry you on the weekdays, even though I call them and ask them. Oh, I appreciate you doing that. You never know; they might change their mind down the line. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it's you just you plant a seed, and and so I mean you've done any that all that we could ask of anyone. Yep. So, Jonathan, what's yeah, well, on your you mind know, tonight? I, I love you guys. I've been listening to you forever. Well, thank you. And so, I, what do you want to share this evening? Well, I'm a little disappointed with you, actually. Uh oh. What do we do? Um, but that's, that's all right. Um, <laughs> what have about we done a week now? Ago, maybe a little more. Um, I called you guys to praise you for having true cojones, and I think maybe you misunderstood what I was trying to do, and it was kind of like a civil disobedience, because on most talk radio shows, you can't talk about the things I brought up, you can't say the things I said, you know, and Ian, you were good. Oh, and, were you the guy that, that, that dropped the N-bomb on the air? <laughs> was that you? Yes, and I'll censor myself, yes, I used the N-word, yeah. as it's called. Did you claim to be a black yeah. gay person, too? Well, I was doing that to cover you legally. Yeah, thanks. Um, as, you know, as, as long as the person is is, is African American or black or whatever, they're allowed to do that. But there are, in fact, black. I, I will agree with Dakota. you. I will agree with you from a societal <laughs> standpoint that the only people that can get away with using the N word are people that uh, you know, for whatever reason, are you know considered part of the black population. It's, it's not illegal, though. It legal. It, it, well, wait, huh. it's not illegal to use the N word on the radio. It's just poor. For Form. Yeah. Huh. Well, I okay, well, I thought I was doing some kind of civil disobedience. You know what I mean? I wasn't. No, I just, you just, I you just looked kind of like a jerk. Afterwards, you guys were like, oh, he's trying to destroy us. And he no, I didn't say that. Mark said that. Yeah, I felt like but it was. I mean, it could be further than the truth. I love you guys. <laughs> yes, but I just didn't go for the black gay guy in North Dakota uh, getting on the air and saying dropping the n bomb. Mm-hmm. It just sounded. Yeah, well, too- I, wanted, I wanted you to know that um, I work. I deliver pizzas, and uh, one of the guys I work with, he's actually a black man, and he is also homosexual, living in Fargo, North Dakota. Excellent. I know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad there's one. I believe it's possible. <laughs> But, you know, that's true with yeah. any ethnic group, because if you're Italian and somebody who isn't Italian calls you a guinea, you know, I know a lot of Italians that will punch his light, their lights out. Mm. So it's not just true for that single ethnic group. It's tribal. Okay. Yeah, you know, I was just trying to point something out. I guess maybe I was talking out my rear end. but you know. I, don't, I don't know if what you did had any real value. I mean, just looking back at it, it, it allowed us to talk about the issue. I mean, we managed to kind of riff on it and, and, and bring, up, bring up the issue of uh, that particular word and how it's used and how I felt conf- conflicted about, you know, not hanging up on you as Mark wanted me to. And like it was I thought it, it kind of resulted in a good discussion. But your actual the content of your call, I don't think actually held any value i mean mark how do you feel about that 
I, you know, I, I, I'm hung up on that word. You can't say that word to me, whether you're black, white, or Eskimo, and um, have me like it. Jonathan, anything else you want to share tonight? Well, yeah, my wife is actually Japanese, and um, you know, when he was talking, when Mark was talking about how his best friend's black and how he just doesn't like when people use that word, like when people make Asian stereotypes or things like that, you know, I I actually get a little little heart bottom sometimes, yeah. and. Uh, and I just kind of put myself in the same shoe. I was like, yeah, I guess it can go the black way, too. Huh? So I have a question for you on this one. Um, do you consider Oriental to be an insult? If you do I? In- no, I, I have no. I'm actually, myself, I am a, a Jew. Uh, I'm no, no, a, I'm not talking a, about a, a Hebrew it- ancestry. Uh, what, what I'm trying to say is um, I've never been into the whole race thing. That's why I dropped the N-word. I think it's all silly. I, yeah. I, I think it's a joke. I think the whole thing. Oriental, let me clarify my question. You know, gook, whatever you want to say. Let me, let me clarify my question, though. Some people consider the term oriental to be a disparaging term if used in relation to an individual as opposed to an item. Like you could have an oriental rug. You have an Asian person. I find the term, uh, I, you know, I've heard oriental used to describe people, um, and I never had a problem with it because I find it to be a factually accurate description as opposed to Asian, which is factually inaccurate because there are many people in Russia and uh, the Indian subcontinent are all parts of uh, Asia too, and they look different than somebody who uh, you know is sort of the uh, the, the Oriental uh, look. So Southeast is your question, Asia is your question. Would uh, Jonathan's wife be offended by? Fine. Would she be offended? Would he be offended? I mean, do you find this an offensive well, term? Well, no. I mean, she doesn't. No, she's not offended by never that. Heard, never, have you ever heard that before? Have you even heard that before? The term? Oriental. Yeah, the, the, or that people the, find it offensive. That so I've part. never. I mean, no. yeah, no. I actually, when I was an executive at a company, my boss kept calling Asians Oriental. I was like, you can't say that word in front of the other employees because <laughs> we had a couple Asian employees. Like I had to tell him, and I'm the one who doesn't care about race. So you you're the, I mean? so, so you are aware that it is considered by some to be an insulting term. Sure, sure. But I, my bigger point, and, and this is the huge point I want to make, is that language evolves and it's organic and if i say it and you understand it that that's the language and it's my context that's important not the sounds that are put together if i want to drop an n-bomb as long as i'm not doing it in the hateful or disparaging way towards blacks if i want to say oriental as long as i'm not you know making fun of asians some way by doing that i don't see where the issue is at all well that's where i disagree i think that uh, some words are just so charged that it doesn't matter in, in which the context in which you speak them. Right. Because you, somebody's just going to hear that you said that word on the air right, without the context. And then suddenly whatever you had to say doesn't matter anymore. Right. It's only, uh, they're only I'm focused in that on that one word. They'll think to themselves. Well, but what I hope is that they'll think, they'll go, well, why am I so angry? Maybe it is just a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> really doesn't matter. I don't because, know. No, no, no. I'm truly colorblind because I don't care. I, I don't matter. I believe you, Jonathan. I, 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 mean, I got I, you. I, I, I'm with you. I, I just, I just think it's amusing that uh, I wonder what percentage of the population you believe is going to reassess and reevaluate their belief on a given word simply because you got on the air and you decided to say it. Thanks, Jonathan, for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. You know, before the '60s, in the '60s and earlier. Black people, a lot of black people refer to themselves as colored people. In fact, you have the National Organization for the Advancement of Colored People, the NAACP. They're still around. But most black people probably today would find the term colored to be offensive. A throwback. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you, it, right. And, it's, it's the, and that's the, the problem is, is that this is sort of the term with oriental. I mean, I think it's just an old term. And for whatever My reason. My grandmother would say colored, for instance. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, whatever reason, because people in the past thought certain things about people in those groups, some of them did. So therefore, 
uh, you know, using that term is bad. Well, I, I, I don't get it. 855-450 for your thoughts are welcome. Free talk line. The LC9 Center Fire Pistol, a compact, powerful 9mm pistol, perfect for personal protection. The full-featured 7-round LC9 has a 3-dot sight system, checkered grip, and smooth edges for easy holstering. Ideal for discreet carry, the LC9 is also a full-power, no-compromise backup pistol, incorporating the rugged reliability Ruger is known for. Visit Ruger.com slash LC9 or your local firearms retailer to learn more. The Ruger LC9, it's mine and it's American. Live. Dial in toll free and bring up what you want. We are talking in general this hour about uh, increasing your productivity and enjoying your life more. We're going to get back into that. And if you've got some suggestions, how do you help your productivity? What works for you? Because what works for one person may not work for another person. I mean, we are all different. And uh, on, then again, on the, on the other hand, maybe something would work for everybody. It just depends. Uh, 855-450-FREE. But give us your experience because that's really the most valid thing. one 855 Here tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne and Mark and do you like you know for instance sleeping is usually a good idea like if you're too sleep deprived you're probably not going to be very effective at anything you do one eight five five four fifty free you can also join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and if you enjoy the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live one of the ways you can do that is by shopping with us it is of course the holiday season at this point the uh, the holiday sales are in full swing not just in real life, in the big box stores or in your local uh, stores, but also online. And we can help you with the online shopping aspect. You can go to shop.freetalklive.com and get your shopping taken care of all in uh, one sitting if you want to. Because we can link you over to Amazon. When you go to shop.freetalklive.com, there are links to Amazon there. Also links to Newegg, which is a huge site for ordering electronics and computer parts and things like that. When you enter through our Amazon links... You will uh, a portion of your sale will be given to Free Talk Live when you enter through the Newegg links, and there's different links for different countries. Then a portion of the sale will be given to the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. So you can help out the CD Evolution Fund by going to the Newegg links, and you can help Free Talk Live by going through the Amazon links. All of it is at shop. Freetalklive.com. So just make a point of when you're doing online shopping, start your experience there. That's shop. Freetalklive. Com. As we continue here with Nick in Illinois, you're on the amp lines. Hello, Nick. Hello. Hey, First of all, it's good to see you, Wayne, again. I've been missing him. Well, thank you, Nick. Very good, sir. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, yes, my experience with productivity is um, I've begun using the Kanban work organization method. Kanban is Japanese for signpost, so it's the signpost method. Um, what it helps with in my particular case is that I struggle with long-term goals that require doing I, – I have trouble organizing the baby steps. I, I don't know how to really do a little bit every now and then over long periods of time. And as a result of that, oh, I also have trouble you know, doing new things. Like uh, I've been two years out of college and I've never had a job. So after my brother moved in, my older brother, he uh, – he helped me with that by introducing me to the Kanban method. And what we did is we set up sticky notes up on a wall in a particular arrangement where you have these columns. At the top of each column is a, is a, well, like the categories are 
uh, Icebox Backlog Current and Done, and this is where you put tasks. And mm -hmm. Icebox is things you may want to work on. Backlog is waiting to be worked on within the next week. Current is things that you're working on right now, and it's limited to three sticky notes. And each sticky note under each of those categories is a particular baby step that you mm -hmm. want to do towards a larger task. And then each color of sticky note is a different long-term task. Right now, I have one for job search, one for uh, this this project where I have to set up a, a server for my dad's startup company, and then another one for uh, chores, errands, and personal growth things like exercise. So every week, my brother and I meet in the basement, and we write up a bunch of sticky notes, and we put them on the wall. And uh, every day, I, I look at that, and I see what I have to do, and I just get around to each sticky note whenever I can, and I keep moving it from backlog to current to done. And as a result of that, I've been exercising more regularly than I ever have in my life. I've uh, applied to multiple jobs, and I've been through a couple of interviews. So these are major changes in my life, wow. and I feel like I'm finally moving forward now. When did you start doing this? And where does one find out more about it? Well, uh, I found out about this entirely from my brother, so I, I guess just Wikipedia or Kundan, you know, the usual can you spell sources. it? Kundan? Uh, K A N B A N. K A N B as in boy A N? Yes. Kanban, okay, very good. And uh, the, it's called the Kanban Organizational Method? Uh, uh, I just know it as Kanban. Got it. So when did you start doing this? About nine weeks ago. Okay. And. It was a rocky first couple of weeks, and there's a lot more to it than just having a bunch of sticky notes. There are particular principles involved. Um, I couldn't really name them all to you offhand. So sure. I guess that, Especially that if they're Japanese, the... it really wouldn't be that uh, useful. So <laughs> uh, so you said you meet with your brother, Was it? I'm sorry, was it once a week or once every other day, or when, when did you meet with him? Once a week, once and a week. that social contact does a, does a lot. Yes. regular social contact on this. And that's a great motivator because it's like, you know, it's like I don't want to exercise, but then I think to myself, oh, but I'm meeting my brother tomorrow. I'm going to have to face him with the fact that I didn't exercise yep. and I have to come up with a reason. And he's not judgmental about it, but just the fact mm -hmm. that I would have to face a person. You're and being held accountable. You're being held yes. accountable. And uh, yes. that reminds me of when I started, when I learned about goals when I was a teenager, we had these goal meetings basically where um, we would get together and review, you know, what did you do last week? Do, you know, where did you bomb? Because, yes. uh, I mean, inevitably you're going to bomb on something. And but, but the idea is if you've at least got something in front of you, whether it's a Kanban method or just a simple to-do list or you know, that you're crossing stuff off, you're going to have more stuff on your plate than the average person does. So inevitably, even if you only get through 40% of your goals, you've probably done way more in that given week than the average person would have accomplished without any kind of physical, written-down, concrete goals. So uh, now I'm glad to hear this is working out for you, Nick. That's great. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank yeah, you for sharing. That's what we do at um, at every weekly meeting is we review what worked and what didn't last week and then uh, he asked me for suggestions on how to improve and this is actually important because in the first week we 
had one of the requirements was that I had to do a minimum of 10 hours of work on a particular project, and I barely did half of that. And we analyzed why, and I told him that I'm a task-oriented person, and I don't like being told that no matter how productive I am, I have to spend 10 hours on something that's incredibly demotivating. So we changed it, and I wound up doing much more in the second week, and I actually wound up working more than 10 hours at it. But it didn't feel like it because I, I knew that right. as soon as drudgery. I could get these done, I'd be done. Excellent. It wasn't drudgery. Yeah, here's a little tweak, Nick. Is, is Some of your bigger goals, try to also visualize what it's going to be, feel like to, to complete them in their entirety what that'll feel like for you. And, and so bring your subconscious mind to that state already, and you'll, you'll find there'll be less resistance for you to get there. Thanks, thanks. thanks for sharing tonight, Nick. I appreciate uh, hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. We'd love to hear uh, your suggestions as to what, what is it that works for you. Maybe the Kanban method, or Kanban mm-hmm. rather, doesn't sound right for you, or maybe you've tried something like that and it wasn't quite right for you. Maybe there's something more specific that uh, is, is right for your personality type. Uh, feel free to call and share at 855-450-FREE. We used to do pretty much that when we would both do our uh, our goals sheets together. Yeah, I think you kind of dropped out of that, though. Well, you know, correctly. I mean, i got to say I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's always been my hist- uh, the history of my experience. I, there, one time, like a decade ago, I had roommates, and mm-hmm. I tried doing this with them, and they just kind of dropped out. And, uh, and then, One of our you know, first experiences before we were ever on the air uh, was that you wanted to do goal setting with me. Do you remember Is that this? right? No, yeah, I don't we went to that. a restaurant in Sarasota, Florida, <laughs> and um, you know I ordered like a snack and some uh, and something to drink. And You're you like, had this water. kid's so weird. I don't want anything to do with him. <laughs> I didn't feel that way at all. I thought that you were a young man who's trying to be productive. Uh, not only will I uh, benefit myself, but I'll benefit him at the same time. A That's fine, young man. Yeah, but then you dropped out of it. I can't remember what happened. I, you know, it, the thing is, is I've always felt like I'm so busy I can't handle uh, the, the the meeting, t- the tasks, right. or, or the tasks. Usually, it ends up being somebody can't come to the meeting, and then the next week they're not there, and then you know, like they didn't do their goal sheets this week at all, and then it's gone. They're off, and yep. it's it's done. It's it's easy to stop. That's the thing with with the goals is you have to keep up on it. You have to keep them in front of you. One of my problems that eventually I finally got to the point where I was like, all right, screw it. I'm not going to bother even trying to. Do do this with other people. I'm just going to keep doing it for myself mm-hmm. on my own time. And one of the issues that I have with them is keeping them in front of me. So I would do like a goal sheet for the week, but then I'd put it on a you know the desk, and that's it's on my other desk. It's not on my my active desk or whatever. And so I'm not actually in front of it. And I had to kind of make an effort to like maybe if maybe it was just during like a meal or you know while I'm eating breakfast to to look at my goals because it doesn't matter if you've got them written down and you don't look at them. You have to actually actually be aware of them and mm-hmm. constantly, you know, if I finish some sort of task, I have to remember to tell myself, okay, let's check the goal sheet again and see what's next rather than getting lost in the email box or Facebook or something like that, which I have a tendency to do. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Easy. Very easy to do. Most of my goals were work-oriented at the time, and you know, basically I'm hitting all those without uh, any trouble. I've got a lot of other areas, though, that I'd like to work on. Toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything you want. Coming up, sheriff incarcerated in his own prison. <laughs> Mark, you're going to give us that story. That's right. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want. Hour 3 is next. Free Talk Live. On DVD for a limited time. Chase lives here. You move back here with my son. You're a predator, 
Jack? Yearly is a bold independent film about the struggles of a middle class father as he fights to win back his family after being fired for sexual harassment. Reviewers call Yearly superb, amazing, and one of the most honest looks at today's modern man in marriage to hit the silver screen. I'm guilty of cheating on my wife. Winner of Best Feature at the Malibu International Film Festival and other festival awards including Best Actor and the Platinum Reel Award. Yearly set against the backdrop of the difficult job market and follows a flawed man who makes one bad decision after another as he faces the intrusive scrutiny of the courts. Why didn't you tell me you had a kid and a wife? Go to yearlymovie.com. That's Y-E-A-R-D-L-E-Y movie.com to own the DVD now before they're gone. You have no idea what it's like. You cheated on me. Click the Amazon link on yearlymovie.com and a portion of the sale goes to support Free Talk Live. That's yearlymovie.com. Are you firing me, Riley? Free Talk Live, the toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we give to you. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. Unlike those other talk show hosts in the business, uh, ours is free. You don't have to pay five, six, seven, eight, nine dollars a month, whatever they're charging out there for who knows what amount of content. Uh, we give you all kinds of content, totally free, no paywall nonsense. Just head on over to freetalklive.com and enjoy it. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. All right, so we're going to start out uh, actually by doing another quick recap. Uh, for, for those of you just tuning in, you missed the, uh, the sec- if you missed the second hour of the show tonight, you missed us discussing... Uh, Wayne, you had a piece from Washington's blog, I believe it was? Yes, washingtonsblog.com, how to increase productivity and enjoy life more. And the basic uh, crux of the story is just to uh, work in in 90-minute spurts, uh, bursts, and then get some rest or take a break in between. Mm -hmm. And don't try to go flat out all day or for half a day because you're not going to be productive. You won't be able to focus as well. You'll burn yourself out. Burn yourself out. And actually, sometimes, some types of work, if you take a break, you go back renewed and recharged and maybe have a little more inspiration. Or or sometimes when you're working, you have a problem that you're trying to solve and you just can't quite get it. So by going away from it for a little while and coming back to it. Clears your head a bit. Clears your head a bit and you have a chance to relax or work out or rest or whatever. You can usually work it out. I've found sometimes even in dreams, I've solved problems. I wake up and I write it down in the morning. Right. And you never would have gotten there prior to it. You know, uh, they say that you're not supposed to train a dog more than 15 minutes at a time, too. So Mm -hmm. we're not that much better than dogs. So therefore, you know, maybe focusing on a task for a short period, like you're saying, up to 90 minutes would be the way to go. And sometimes taking nap, a nap during the day, a short 20-minute nap. I took a four-hour nap today. Uh, Did you? (laughs) (laughs) But then again, I only slept four hours last night. So So that's that's appropriate. But they're even saying there's an ink magazine article about even sleeping on the job increases productivity sometimes. And some places right. actually have a place where an employee can take a quick nap because they know the employee will be more productive and happier if they can work within rhythms and spurts. And of course, if your employee is on uh, salary rather than hourly, that makes more sense in that, in that case. Sure. And, and exercise also boosts uh, your productivity. So that's why a lot of companies have gyms now. So That's people, right. So people can work out. They have walking trails. People can take a walk during lunch break. And meditation, whether religious or atheist in content, also can increase productivity. 
You get, it gets your mind quiet and because you, meditation is an exercise in controlling your mind from wandering. Oh, man, it is difficult. <laughs> I'm such a noob at, uh, at meditation. I'd, I'd been doing some of it uh, prior to going to jail, and I did a little bit more in, in jail as well. But, man, it is a challenge. I mean, it, I think it's this way for a lot of people, especially in the beginning of uh, meditation, is just trying to shut your mind the hell up. I mean, it just keeps babbling. Yes, it's, well, so, it's uh, still working. Some of the newer working. technology has wired our brains to go from one thing to another thing to another thing, mm-hmm. and we without really focusing and truly focusing on something or to its completion. And that's where really pro- productive, effective people tend to uh, focus, have a one-pointed focus on something, and finish it before they move on to the next thing in, in a prioritized fashion. And uh, there are situations where multitasking is appropriate, but I think it's overrated. But if anything, the meditation, just taking that time out, helps stop you down from the, the bustle and the hustle of, uh, of daily life. Even if you are still thinking of things while you're, if you're new at it, uh, you're, you're at least still stopping down and whatever it was you were doing, whatever it was you thought was you know, critical to, to accomplish and you're focusing in for a moment or for you know, what, 5, 20, 10, 15 minutes uh, or longer. I guess some people meditate for half an hour, 45 minutes once they get better at it. But I, I've read that you're supposed to start with like 20 minutes maximum or something like that. And, and off the air, Mark and I were talking about working out how Mark and I both worked out for at least an hour and a half, two hours at one point. And now we find no more than a half hour and it's actually better. Hmm. That's, uh, you know, if, that, these are the programs that I'm getting from my, my friend who, uh, you know, does this stuff for a living and has done it for a very long time. I certainly call him an expert. Um, you know, I mean, he, he was better than me when we were doing this. <laughs> I got my information from him 10, 15 years ago when I was a personal trainer and, uh, you know, he's just kept at it. So. so I think there's been some useful information here tonight. If you missed it, you can always grab the archives over at freetalklive.com, the article that uh, you cited at washingtonsblog.com. Yes, how to increase productivity and enjoy life more. And I can I can basically uh, endorse this uh, this article, the, the content of this article, because I, I've, I try to do this in my own life and career. You are certainly welcome to share your stories about what works for you in your life, what has increased your productivity, and has made your life more enjoyable. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. In other news, uh, Mark, you've got a story about a sheriff who's actually being incarcerated in a prison that bears his name. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, this is a – it's it's sort of A, news of the weird, but B, at the same time, it really addresses an issue about um, drugs in America and police. Because people will make the allegation all the time that the cops are in, you know, in this town or that town are so thoroughly in uh, the drug trade that you really can't get any drugs without it going – passing through the hands in some way or another of the cops. Now, this was certainly true in Prohibition. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this was largely the case all over of alcohol um, with with alcohol all over America. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. I think some police departments this that certainly isn't the case with, but others. I, I tend to believe that it certainly is. I mean, who's who's in a better position of knocking off the competition than the police? Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, even if they're not doing the selling, they're deciding who gets to do the selling and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't call this news of the weird, Mark. I'd call this news of reality. This is how things really are. Well, this guy, it's a it's a different situation. But um, anyway, CBS4 investigation has learned that former Arapahoe County Sheriff Patrick J. Sullivan Jr. has been arrested, suspected of trafficking methamphetamine, a oh controlled boy. substance. Mm. 
Sullivan, 68, was elected Arapahoe uh, County Sheriff for 19 years. He retired in 2002, get this Ian, and went on to become Director of Safety and Security for the <laughs> Cherry Creek Schools. Wow. So he, he's just, he's one another one of them going back and double dipping. Now, how did he get caught? That's 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 what I'm wondering. Who did he tick off? It looks off? like a sting. He was a nationally regarded uh, law enforcement figure, and in 2001, the National Sheriff's Association named him Sheriff of the Year. Wow. So this is Sheriff of the Year, not just a sh- former sheriff. Right. The investigation that led to Sullivan's arrest began in mid-November. According to contacts familiar with the case, they say several informants provided information to law enforcement connecting Sullivan to the distribution and use of methamphetamine as part of the investigation Authorities say Sullivan agreed to meet a male informant and provide the man drugs in exchange for sex. That's when... Invest- <laughs> <laughs> you like the story? It thickens. It gets better. <laughs> That's when the investigators and members of the uh, South Metro Drug Task Force arrested Sullivan. The former sheriff is being held on a quarter million dollar bond as of Tuesday evening. Man. Uh, contacted by CBS4, <laughs> the current Arapahoe County Sheriff, Grayson Robinson, said the allegations of criminal uh, behavior involving Pat Sullivan are extraordinarily disturbing. While the arrest of the former sheriff is very troubling, no one, and particularly a former peace officer, is above the law. This is the most shocking thing I've ever been involved with. Ironically, Sullivan will be jailed in the Arapahoe County Jail, which was named for the legendary sheriff, the <laughs> Patrick J. Sullivan Jr. Detention Facility. I want the movie wow. rights to this one. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, that's that's the story, and uh, essentially, imagine walking into jail. You're handcuffed. You're doing the perp walk to your own, with, with, and you see your name right in big letters right above it's you as you walk in the building. Got to be crazy. That's bizarre. It is really a bizarre situation. So uh, Sullivan was a revered uh, figure in the law enforcement community, retired. The uh, Rocky Mountain News called him dedicated, loyal, available, apparently quite a little too available, uh, (laughs) protector, high achiever, medal of valor winner. Where, Vietnam? Uh, I I think that that's a police thing, isn't it? Oh, it could be. It's not the Medal of Honor, Medal of Valor. So I don't know what that is precisely, but you know they they give they give themselves uh, these these uh, little little uh, trinkets. So uh, this I've got a, a different story here. Where was your story from, Mark? Mine was from Denver, uh, CBSlocal.com. Here's DenverPost.com. Authorities began investigating uh, Patrick Sullivan after a Centennial man called police in September to say an old guy was trying to get his roommates back into drugs and had been smoking methamphetamine with them. When the Centennial man asked Sullivan to leave and he said he was going to call 911, Sullivan told the man, if you want the police, I am the police. And this guy must have believed he was untouchable. One eight five. I mean, to just, to just throw that out there, to let people know he's a cop? Bill Clinton named him in 1995 to the National Commission on Crime Prevention and Control. Huh. Now I'm seeing the picture. one eight five five four fifty free is the toll-free number. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. BigEdPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis hit in interplanetary space. Venus Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets Steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by L. Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigEdPress.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number for you, 855-453. That's 
888-346-9783. And we invite you to the website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy features there like our news updates. Get signed up and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know over at news.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up for our email updates, Twitter, or Facebook, news.freetalklive.com. You've been hearing about the new digital currency called Bitcoin. If you've been listening to Free Talk Live, you certainly have. But obtaining them has been somewhat tricky up till now. Crypto exchange is the fastest and safest way to buy and sell your bitcoins. They also offer a complete bullion store, so you can find uh, you can get some gold and silver privately with Bitcoin. If you're totally clueless about the Bitcoin currency, they've got a 24-hour customer service. Just visit their website and click on the live support link there at the top. See Crypto Exchange's banner posted at uh, bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Again, it's bitcoin.freetalklive.com. All right, so our number here again, 855-450-FREE. We're talking about a sheriff who has been – where was this in uh, – Arapahoe County. Is that Colorado? I, I – It's getting reported in Denver, so I'm imagining mm-hmm. that's uh, it's Colorado. But uh, he is uh, Patrick Sullivan, and he's such a – he was such a great sheriff that he was named Sheriff of the Year by the National Sheriff's Association. That's right. And he's had his own jail or prison or whatever dedicated to him in his name. In fact, he's now going to be checking in to his own jail on charges of distribution of methamphetamine. They call that irony there on the uh, um, in the newspaper story. And now, this guy believed that he was so untouchable. And the power goes to these people's heads in ways you can't imagine. Because, well, unless you've actually had the power, you probably can't imagine it, right? <laughs> so uh, so this guy believed that he was so insulated from, you know, so protected from by the virtue of having his position as sheriff. That Former position. He was now a, he was a school resource officer of some sort. Oh, okay, right. Because he'd retired from being the sheriff and then got That's another right. job with the department. So uh, so the story over at the Denver Post says that what started all this was that uh, somebody called the police and said that an old guy was trying to get his roommates back into drugs and been smoking methamphetamine with them. And then when the Centennial Man asked Sullivan, the sheriff, to leave and said he was going to call 911, he told the man, if you want the police, I am the police. Sullivan later told detectives he's on a meth drug task force and helps recovering addicts get clean. He also said he worked for the state health department's drug treatment office. When police interviewed the three roommates, one of them said Sullivan had has power of attorney for him. The 34-year-old man said huh? Sullivan cashes the man's social security checks, gives him cash from them, and takes the man shopping when needed. Spokesman for the Department of Public Health and Environment said that there's no record of Sullivan working there or of the department having a meth treatment program. The reports give the first insight into how a well-respected longtime law enforcement icon came to be standing before a judge this morning facing drug charges. It's a crazy story, that's for sure. The prosecutor wouldn't comment on why the bond was uh, uh, sought to be increased from 250000 to 500000 and issued a mandatory protection order preventing Sullivan from having contact with any potential witnesses in the case Uh, an investigative report filed in court support of sullivan's arrest says officers from the south metro drug task force used confidential informants and audio and video surveillance in the investigation i mean with this guy's attitude of i'm the cops you you know you can't touch me i am the cops uh this i am the law he's like they've likely got some pretty damning evidence against him just that's my guess I'm surprised they brought it up on him. Frankly, I mean, you know, there's it would it would be no shock to me at all if they uh, you know had a little meeting with him and said, "Hey, look, man, 
you are in way too deep. You need to get out of this, and you know this is what we got on you. You better lay low. Well, Leave that's town, why whatever. I think what Wayne said earlier tonight is is spot on. In the in that the question is, what did this guy do to really stir it up? Like who did he cross? Which which government bureaucrat at a higher level than him was upset by something he did? Because it seems like. Someone in his position, a former sheriff, as was mentioned here, very highly respected, allegedly, sheriff, going down for selling methamphetamine is pretty unusual oh, to it see is. that happen. Well, you think it is, but th- there have been a lot of stories of police, uh, police people high up in police departments who deal drugs in the oh, big city no, no, police no. departments. It's unusual it? to have them go down for it. Yes. I'm not saying it's unusual to have sheriffs selling drugs. I, I think that's pretty uh, common, actually. I mean, not that I know all the sheriffs out there, but I know that uh, where I come from, there was one of the sheriffs who was alleged all over the place to have been involved in drug dealing. It was a huge allegation. But don't forget that a sheriff is a politician. Sometimes they're not necessarily a great law enforcement officer in their career, but they're a good politician. Just like a lot of police chiefs in major cities are more the suck-up guys who kind of work their way up and will do anything to work their way up to the top. They're not always Mm -hmm. the best officers. So it's kind of expected, but all these things that are coming out now, you're seeing the the, the pedophile files in, in the state uh, um, uh, university sports systems. This stuff's been going on for a long time, but the fact it's coming out is actually a good thing. It shows just how society has started cracking at the seams and, and the truth is coming out. So it, it, in the long run, I think this is really positive. Oh, I agree with you. I think that it, it is a wake-up call for people who have been living in this. Maybe the, there are some people who live in this fantasy world that law enforcement can do no wrong and that they are just wonderful well, they, and they're out there to help you. This hasn't changed it for them. Those people are just sitting there and saying, oh, this is just one show. Sheriff a bad one apple. time, yeah. And he's not even the sheriff anymore. What's the big deal? Former Arapaho County District Attorney Jim Peters, who worked with Sullivan, said the allegations against the former sheriff are totally out of character for the man he knew uh, and are hard to believe. Or he thought said. he knew. Right. He was completely ethical, upright, and honest. He just oozed honesty and integrity. He was an outstanding sheriff. Well, apparently, the it was just a facade. Maybe. You know? Or maybe he went bad after he, he retired. Who knows? Meth it's, is uh, you know, <laughs> insidious. Uh, you know, I, all kinds of people get messed up on that stuff. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, but but somebody of real integrity wouldn't try it. To try begin meth with. in the first place. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I mean, come on, you've been a sheriff for let's see, it was uh, 2000. Uh, excuse me, until 2002, 18, 1984, he was sheriff from 84 until 2002. Supposedly, this upright, upstanding individual, and all of a sudden, he decides to take up a meth habit. That doesn't make sense. It's crazy. One eight five five four fifty free is the number here. Let's talk to Laura, listening in Maine. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Laura. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, well, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, um, but it sounded like, um, from what you were saying, with uh, the thing about how he had gone bad after he had um, been, uh, after like he had retired or whatever, it sounded like you were saying that this wasn't good behavior, but I would think that as, um, you know, a libertarian or an anarchist, maybe, um, that there would be nothing really wrong that you could say with somebody trying to sell meth. Oh, I think he should smoke and sell all the meth he wants to. I don't care. You know, oh, I, don't I don't think care. it's a good thing to do it. No. I don't think that somebody should be incarcerated for it. But I it's think- ironic that he got ensnared in his own system. 
Right, but this is, I mean, like, like for instance, I don't think meth is a good thing. I don't think people should do meth. I don't think that it's selling is a good thing, but I also support your freedom to do it and your freedom to sell it or that you should have the freedom to do or sell it uh, and make your own cho- choices for yourself. But it's particularly instructive to be able to look at a situation like this where a guy who would have been a drug warrior in his career Certainly. is now caught by the, the very system that uh, that he supported for a long time. Uh, so, I mean, it shows a bit of irony. And I'll tell you what, Laura, we'll bring it back here. If you've got more comments and thoughts, you're welcome to share them with us here. 855-450-FREE. And it's also a wake-up call and a heads-up to say, hey, look, just because your sheriff seems like an honest, upstanding dude doesn't mean he isn't hiding some you know crazy secret like the fact that he's a meth dealer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 1-855-450-FREE. It's a toll-free number. It's Free Talk Live. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855 to get vapor or go to Vaporsmiths.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 1-855-453. SACL CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We have lots of features, and they're all free. The webcam is one of them. You can go watch, listen, and interact with other listeners because the chat room's built into the same page. Head over to cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And if you're about fed up, with all this governmental intrusion into people's personal lives and their economic lives, and you understand what liberty means, that in order to be free, you have to allow other people to be free as well. Even if you don't necessarily agree with what they're doing. Right, like smoking meth, for instance. We're talking about this uh, sheriff who has been busted, is now facing six years in prison uh, for a Class 5 felony of unlawful distribution, manufacturing, dispensing, or sale of controlled substance. If you think that people should be free to make their own choices as long as they aren't harming other human beings... You should learn more about the Free State Project. Go to freestateproject.org, and you'll learn about a movement that has brought the three of us here to New Hampshire. We all moved here from uh, Florida, and people have moved from California. People are moving from international lo- uh, locations, uh, places around And the have world. moved from international locations. That's true. And uh, lots of folks coming here. There are already hundreds that have made the move. Over 11,000 have pledged to make the move. And you can join in. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about this movement. It's an exciting thing to be around other people who are of like mind and who are willing to actually take action to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Now, if you want to get a taste of what it's like to be here, sign up for the Liberty Forum. It's coming up February 23rd through the 26th. Hundreds of those people, many of the names and the uh, the faces, or not faces, but the voices that you hear on Free Talk Live will be there in person. Uh, Those that, voices have faces, every right. one of them. And they're very nice folks. Uh, you can come on out and you can meet them and meet all kinds of uh, expert types like Joel Salatin, the author of You Can Farm, Clark Nelly from the Institute for Justice, uh, survival expert Jack Spirico, Michael Cloud from the Center for Small Government, John Lott, the author of More Guns, Less Crime, and uh, and more. Uh, Jody Emery will be there as well from Cannabis Culture. Uh, lots of great speakers, still more speakers to be announced, luncheons, 
dinner, uh, you know, banquet dinners, uh, pa- panel discussions, great vendors, and most importantly, you'll be around hundreds of other like-minded people and spend the weekend with them. And get a chance to experience what that community is like. It's an absolute blast. Wayne, I know you've been to the Liberty Forum before. Worthwhile? Yes, very much so. Every time, great people, great conversations, making new connections, meeting new friends, and maybe meeting the people that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Because the Free State Project, it's a lifetime project. It's people coming to New Hampshire and getting together and getting active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Take your time out of your day to go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. You'll learn more about the Liberty Forum there. You can get signed up and use our discount code to save 10% off the already low early bird prices. So discount code is FTL2012, FTL like Free Talk Live, FTL2012 to save 10% at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. We'll see you there because Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live as we always do. So we're back with Laura in Maine. We've been talking about this sheriff that's uh, busted. And Laura, your question was, well, well, shouldn't we be supporting this sheriff? And uh, well, I mean, that's kind of a rough uh, approximation of your question. But uh, the, and the brief answer is, well, no, I don't support smoking meth, but I support his freedom to sell whatever product he wants to. The reason why this story was brought up on the air is because of the, you know, the the picture that it paints for people of the the heads up to say, hey, you know, pay attention. Just because somebody is a sheriff doesn't mean that they're all squeaky clean uh, as far as they like to pre- present themselves as these high and mighty people that are so much better uh and uh, than the rest of us but yet here he is smoking meth and uh you know having uh sex with the people that he's uh, smoking it with i mean just a a real questionable character i think yeah um well i definitely agree with you that um it's a good point to bring out the irony in that system um and i know that you agree with me that um he should be able to do what he wants um but i think my main problem was just that uh, your rhetoric seemed to emphasize the idea that cops are bad. Um, and that seems to be like a recurring theme on this radio. Um, and like, for example, by when you said that the sheriff had gone bad after he retired, meaning that like... It was oh, no, I believe retired. he was bad before he but, retired. Yeah, I, yeah, I actually I mentioned it. Anyway, but what you say about bad, um, I think that that, that kind of language... Um, is exactly what I would think someone who promotes free thinking would be against, because it seems almost like propaganda. Don't you agree it's bad to put peaceful people in cages? I do agree that, yeah. Well, that's what he did. Well, but you were saying that he went bad after. No, I don't think I said that. that That was my language, actually. and I guess the went bad is sort of, quote, unquote... Hip, hypocrisy is bad, okay? Yes. yes. <laughs> and um, this guy was ap- acting in a, in a. And remember, he's not just uh, an ex sheriff, but he's a current uh, like uh, school resource officer. He retired from that in two thousand eight. Did he? Um, okay. Yeah. Well, the, this this the, the this reported him as uh, as that. So, um, but I mean, you know, hypocrisy is bad, and I think that it's an accurate to say he's gone bad if he's gone against everything that he um, had stood for all along. And uh, well, that presumes he really let's stood not forget for it. that the jail is named after him. And as far as is portraying all cops as bad i think that we try to take a pretty balanced uh, approach there and there's there's so many good cops but the problem of course is that the only cops you really hear about in the news media many times are the corrupt ones and they make everyone else look bad i think a lot of cops are bad in that they do bad things i mean they may be good human beings in that they're trying to do what they think is right 
but they're doing bad in that process by taking peaceful people and putting them in cages. So, uh, I mean, for instance, we had Brad Jardis on. I don't know if you heard the Saturday show, but you might want to go grab that uh, from this weekend. Brad Jardis is a former law enforcement officer who had to quit his job because he realized that he was being told to do things that were wrong and that he couldn't live with himself anymore doing those uh, those sorts of things. In fact, it, it spun him into a suicidal depression, uh, as a matter of fact, yeah. the, you know, the realization of the, mean, that he'd been hurting people who were, who were peaceful. I think that, that, I mean, that's definitely a good thing to do, but I don't think that all cops are in that financial position where they can say, you know, I need to stop doing this because it's wrong. You know, because they're not in a financial position? Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, they might well, have a family support. support. So they should keep doing wait, bad wait, wait, because – How many um, hitmen for the mafia are in the financial position that they can stop doing what they're doing because they find out it's wrong? Well, I mean none. That, I'm just saying. I, know, well, I, it's, it's either – I'm not saying what they're doing is wrong. That. I'm just saying that if if you discover what you're doing is wrong, the money shouldn't matter, right? Well – it shouldn't, but it does. How many drug what? dealers do they arrest that aren't in the financial position to stop dealing drugs because they have to feed kids or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm okay. absolutely agreeing with you. Okay. I mean, I I'm just, that, I, I just think yeah. that that's a poor excuse if somebody's going to use that but, excuse. But the other issue here is that the existence of methamphetamine in many, many cases is because maro- things like marijuana and, and lesser, uh, less harmful drugs are not available readily. It takes months to grow marijuana, whereas you can make meth in a laboratory uh, much quicker. So a lot of yeah, these they got the ne- shake and bake method or whatever right now. You can just mix it up in a two liter bottle or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So so basically, the marketplace is being distorted by by prohibition. So Laura, any other thoughts you want to share tonight? Um, no, I guess that was it. I just kind of wanted to. Um Make sure that my point was heard about. It, it certainly has been. And you're right in that many police use the excuse of, well, I can't stop doing it. Okay, I realize I'm doing wrong. I've talked to cops that know, for instance, that the war on drugs is wrong and that they, they would like to see it change. But they won't do anything about it. They won't go into a uh, like a, a testimony hearing for the you know medical pot or something yeah. like that and speak out medical marijuana in they won't favor st- of it. They won't speak in, about medical marijuana. They'll talk to you privately and they'll tell you, oh yeah, I think it should be legal, but they won't actually yeah, go mean, out and that- do anything of, of the, that would take some courage to break rank. To break the thin blue line well, and to possibly upset some of their brethren and to stand up for what they believe in. They well, won't actually do what it takes to stand behind their own beliefs. That's assuming they actually believe yeah. that because the cops are allowed sort of legally to lie. So these you are, think they're blowing smoke when they, they could very no, my, well be for all, you know, in order to get into your really uh, good graces so that they can that say what they want. Are... Go ahead, Laura. That wasn't really my point. It was more that. Um, it seems a little bit like you're trying to ascribe to a certain set of beliefs um, without really representing another. Like, for instance, in the way that you just said, cops that know that the war on drugs is bad. I mean, how do you know that that's, that someone who believes that the war on drugs is right is any less um, right? Tell you what, we'll let you bo- ask the question. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. 
Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for you and your thoughts. If you dial in now at 855-450-FREE, that's 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. So, uh, we'll continue here and take your phone calls. Also, want to remind you to visit us over at promote.freetalklive.com where you can get a free bumper sticker. You can also get access to web graphics, uh, banners, flyers. Head on over there and uh, get different ways to get Free Talk Live into other people's ears around the world. That's promote.freetalklive.com. We had a young lady on with us. She uh, unfortunately had uh, dropped off there during the break because she was trying to get a question out before the clock ran out on the last segment. And, uh, Which she wasn't it does able. tend to do. Yeah. She wasn't able to uh, to to fully get it out there, and I wanted to to continue that because I think it's you know it's. Where do you think she was coming from, Mark? With I don't know. Um, I mean, I I I don't entirely know what she was trying to totally get at, where she was coming from. I mean, what she was getting at to me said that um, she was, uh, you know, we, we should take a softer line with police. And frankly, our line is softer than it could be. Um, I mean, it's softer than it was in the past. It, it it certainly has been. You know, there's been rhetoric on this show that has sounded a lot um, less uh, welcoming to. The I used to advocate to the- violence in like many years ago, like over six or so years ago. Where's your line in the sand? Yeah, and uh, now I advocate hugging the police. So I've, <laughs> I've definitely changed my uh, rhetoric when it comes to the cops and changed my approach. In fact, I need to bring back the police hugging squad. It's been a while since uh, since I've done that because I've been pretty upset at them recently because they've been doing some outrageous things like pepper spraying innocent uh, peaceful people in their face like our buddy Derek J from Tuesday Nights here on Free Talk Live. Uh, that That didn't make me very happy at all when that happened. So, uh, so yeah, cops. Okay, I think they're they're trying to do. A lot of them are trying to do what they think is right. Uh, I think that many of them believe that what they're doing is right, but that doesn't make it right. Uh, when you're hurting peaceful people, as our caller admitted, it's it's wrong to hurt peaceful people. So she she you know she was with us on many of the things that I think that we were saying, uh, just that perhaps she didn't feel like maybe we were being tactful enough uh, with the police, or Could maybe be. labeling them all the same and. And I think that uh, that there are, and I do. I certainly understand the difference between a law enforcement officer that attempts to enforce the law, and then one that attempts to do just does whatever the heck he wants and mm-hmm. flouts the law, and knows that he's not going to have it enforced upon him in the same way. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I, you know, I think this guy has the right to use whatever drugs he wants. Right. Um, and but at the same time, I don't care at all that he got arrested. Not at all. I care about everyone else who gets arrested because they aren't out there aggressing against peaceful people. You know, all the peaceful people being arrested for drugs. I care about them because they weren't out being hypocrites arresting themselves or arresting other peaceful people. This guy, this sheriff, he's behind filling that jail full of drug users, that very jail that he's going into now. He's the one that uh, was responsible for filling it with peaceful people. And so as far as I'm concerned, that's karma. You know, I mean, I'd support letting him out and everyone else out. Like, if you go ahead, 
Pardon everybody, sure. including him. I'm for that. I don't want to keep him in there. Pardon all the drug trafficker, drug uh, possessors, and drug traffickers. Just make sure that this uh, Sullivan fellow, the uh, former uh, sheriff of the year, is the last one they pardon. Yeah, I'm not shedding any tears over the fact that he's sitting in an orange jumpsuit in that in that prison right now. Yeah, so, so I'm advocating for his pardoning. I'm just advocating that he's the last one that gets yeah, pardoned yeah. because he's done this to so many others. And it's unfortunate that because drugs are illegal. People who use are more likely to rob others to get the money for the drugs because the drugs are a lot more expensive. Yeah, this is where really the rubber hits the road and how the drug war harms the average individual. Every single day, normal people that aren't doing drugs or smoking crack or uh, snorting meth or whatever it is that one does with all these things are, uh, you know, they're liable to have their houses broken into and have their throats slit in order to get uh, money for to to get this stuff by people who are addicts. And if it was legal. The cost would be significantly lower because it all the cost is the avoidance of the police. Yeah. All the cost is built in risk. by the drug war. It's 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 getting it's paying the dealers for the risk. I mean, taking. aspirin is relatively cheap. You don't find too many people being robbed for liquor or cigarettes. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but remember the amount of taxes that are involved in liquor and cigarettes too. Uh, you know, if you made these things legal, people would you know, the ones the ones that are going to have a big problem with it. Maybe they'll. They'll just solve the problem on their own over time. Maybe they'll get help. Maybe they won't be afraid to get help because they, um, you know, they're afraid if they go to the hospital or something like that that they're going to be thrown in jail. I don't know what's going to happen, but adults should be able to make their own decision. I think there are different levels of bad cops. I think some cops are just out-and-out rogue, dangerous, violent thugs. And I think some cops are, you know, relatively reasonable and easygoing. And, you know, if they catch you with a bag of pot, maybe they'll just let you go or take the pot from you. Or, you know, they, they could do much worse, but they don't do as mm-hmm. bad as they, they don't hurt people as badly as they could. Those cops exist, too. So I think there's a continuum. There's a spectrum of badness of police. But every cop at some level, does wrong because every cop is aware of the fact that their fellow brothers in blue are doing wrong and they're hurting peaceful people and they're not speaking up against it and they're not doing anything to uh, to get those other cops in trouble for the wrong that they're doing. And so therefore, by virtue of doing nothing, they're doing wrong and they're doing I bad. I want the picture of the cop pulling over the cop and giving him a <laughs> ticket. Um, I want the picture of the cop pulling his buddy over who pulled out of the cop station without <laughs> yeah. coming to a full and complete rock back stop. Um, and right there at the police station, the one cop pulling the other cop over and giving him a ticket. That'll be the Where did that happen? Because I know they're giving out tickets for people not stopping, coming to a full and complete stop at stop signs all day long. I pulled what? over a cop once. What? You did? My sister-in-law. She came up to visit, and I saw her pulling out of my street. So I got behind her, and I, put, I flashed my lights. I pulled her over. I, I came right up to the window. Was she in her cruiser? She was in her car, her personal her regular car, car. Regular okay. car. And I asked to see her license and registration. And she actually went in the, in the glove compartment, and she got it. And under her breath, she handed it to me. She says, pig. <laughs> uh, let's talk to Kevin in Indy. Kevin, listening to WXNT, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, sometimes it's difficult. I think that girl thought you were uh, being presumptuous and and critical, etc. But whatever, I just think it's your honest opinion. But what I'm calling about is this. It's a simple, simple problem. If the drugs, if they weren't illegal, then then the officers wouldn't have an industry. They actually control everything. If you're caught with drugs, then you have to go to classes. Often the classes are owned by the judges or people that they know. Mm-hmm. Every, every dollar that's made in the system is just corrupting the system. Mm-hmm. So now you have a sheriff who's actually making the drugs, is part of the problem. If the drugs are made legal, all this goes away. Majority of people in jail go away. 
Now you have a problem with addiction, which you deal with sending, you know, people have to go to rehab. But you'd have much less problems, just like in Prohibition of Alcohol. There's two shows on right now. Sons of Anarchy deals with the motorcycle gang who, who are selling guns and cocaine. If the, the guns are protect the drug, the drug dealers, and the cocaine is what they sell. So if, if all that, if the drugs were legal, you wouldn't have to sell the guns. It makes it a lot cleaner system. Absolutely yeah. right. Prohibition essentially gives jobs to organized crime. Um, and, of course, it gives job, jobs to organized crime, preventing it, too. So. Kevin, thanks for the call and the thoughts. Appreciate it. Let's talk to J.C. listening in Alabama. J.C., you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, sir. I was just uh, wanting to let you know a little something about this detention of terrorists that you were talking about a few minutes ago. Yeah, the detention of uh, terrorists without a trial. But if you read the law, it does not pertain to American citizens or legal aliens in the United States. Well, actually, John McCain stood on the floor of the Senate, and uh, his belief was the law that it certainly did. Yeah, that's what the news is reporting, is that it's uh, it's U.S. citizens. The law itself, it says specifically that American citizens and legal aliens are exempt. Okay, well, I appreciate the opinion. I mean, that's not what's being reported in the mainstream media. That's not what the senators who are voting on, I believe. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe everyone should check again. I thank you, uh, JC, for the call. Let's talk to Raphael. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Wayne, and Mark. Raphael. Hello? Does the government... You're on the air. Awesome, yeah, uh... I was just going to say thank you guys for even talking about this because none of this is being covered anywhere, really. I just found you guys recently on the Internet. Um, So it's really nice to hear about people talking about freedom because not enough people are really getting it. And, uh, you know, I, I consistently get into arguments with others about whether or not it's a good approach to to make it legal and uh you know they always fall back into the whole children things and the and the kids it almost seems like that's the the uh, the only out that they have once everything else fails which my, is a terrible my child argument. is being raised in a home that has beer in the refrigerator yeah well it's a terrible argument anyway because kids are in higher yeah. danger because of the war on drugs because of what mark said exactly. earlier because yeah. some crazed crackhead could be breaking into your home in the middle of the night putting your child in danger of you know being held at knife point or something in order to get some money for their next crack habit and on top of that you talk about meth labs there's all kinds of stories about meth labs catching on fire blowing up and you know burning a house down that has children in it meth would be able to be manufactured under controlled quality conditions in a manufacturing facility like beer is uh, manufactured today I wish we had more time, Raphael, but feel free to call us another night. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh, and if you were on the line you didn't get in tonight, don't worry. We do this thing seven nights a week live, uh, 7 to 10 Eastern. And you can join us online if we're not on your local radio station yet over at freetalklive.com. See you tomorrow. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. 